Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. When motherfuckers typed a phrase, uh, get in the feels, or or it hit me in the feels, I want to grow my mustache really long, curl it on the ends, buy a top hat, and tie him to the fucking train tracks. So what's up? This is Yakuza Kick Radio. Um, I'm joined tonight by a special guest, one half of the Hot Tag Podcast, Shaheen. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime, you know. I've been on yours before, and uh, it's always a good time. And uh, yeah, man. Just figure uh, we get on this, and uh, you know, do what we do. Yeah, definitely. We still got to do that uh, Stern show one time. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got the All Pro show coming up on Saturday. Yeah, we could definitely talk about some of that stuff. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of WWE, so I don't know too much about that. Um, but yeah, man, what do you want to get into? You know, to be honest with you, I actually, I haven't watched, uh, what is it? Clash of Champions, whatever the fuck it was called. I haven't watched that. I haven't right. watched Raw. I haven't watched SmackDown. So I haven't watched any WWE recently either. But, um, yeah, we can, we can get into Jersey all pro since we're both going on, you know, obviously going to the show. 
Sure. Um, yeah, so obviously the big main event is going to be um, Homicide and Joker versus the Hit Squad, which is fucking awesome. Right. I mean, that's the definition of stiff. I mean, you know, those, those four guys on the ring together is just going to be fucking bananas. Um, so, I mean, that, you know that alone could go ahead. You know what? Last last time, you know, Joker was obviously, you know, making an appearance last time. And, and, you know, it takes a while for the dude to paint his fucking face. And I just, like, dude, I would have been pissed if I had to paint my face for, like, you know, like an hour or some shit and then come out there and do a spot mm-hmm. that's, like, two minutes long. So, mm-hmm. hopefully his match is more than two minutes because that, that face paint, dude, it's it's pretty fucking badass. So, I'm sure he puts his time yeah. into it. It's, you know, when when the face paint takes more time than your actual angle, I'd, I'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I know some things changed in that because it was initially supposed to be um, him versus the mono, and uh, some right. things happened behind the scenes that uh, didn't allow that to happen. Which, uh, you know, I mean, set up something better, in my opinion. So, um, you know, obviously, your favorite not guy, because right? of Matt. Right, your favorite guy, Danny Duana. Yeah, you're <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, yeah he's um, like that. You know, the, the last show, obviously, you know, Danny DeMonto did the, the whole angle with uh, Fat Frank's son. Is Fat Frank's right. son, is he, like, trying to be a wrestler? Is he is he getting trained? Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, I mean, he's a guy, you know, he, he's still, you know, doing the high school thing. And, uh, you know, he's he's of that age. So, I mean, he's crushing it on the football field and all of that stuff. But imagine, right. you know, he's going to have a lot of decisions to make as he, he crosses into this age. Because, I mean, he's that young. He's a big boy. He's bigger than me, but... You know he's he's still a kid, you know. So um, yeah, man, I, I'm sure he's gonna have a lot of options, you know, being athletic and and young as he is. So I guess you know we'll yeah, have absolutely. to see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean it's in, pretty much in his genes, man. I mean Fat Frank was doing it for what 20 plus years. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's yeah. long, long time. I mean they're coming up yeah. on the the 20 year anniversary. So right. And once again, you know, rest in peace to Fat Frank. It's you know. A little over a year now, a couple of years, uh, a couple of days actually over a year. So, rest in peace, the fat yeah. Frank. You know, I, I didn't obviously ever get to interview the guy like you did, but uh, the few times I did meet him, he, you know, he kind of had that vibe where you know you could feel his impact and be like, okay, shit, I see this. Why, you know, I see why people connect with this guy so much because you know you can tell he would be able to motivate a locker room. And you know, they they put out that docu- documentary a couple of years ago, where you know you saw the backstage mm-hmm. footage of of him kind of like you know like doing the Paul Heyman thing you know, with the speeches in the back. And you could just tell the guy, yeah. he had that, you know, that it factor, you know, if, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what's cool about this whole, you know, return to Bayonne, you know, for a lot of people, you know, maybe that don't know about the history of Jersey All-Pro and everything. I wasn't around right. back when they were initially going to Bayonne, but I know that's, that's in their roots. And something Fat Frank was actually vocal about before he passed was, his, he wanted to return it to Bayonne. He wanted to do a lot of things. He wanted to bring it back yep. to AC. Yep. He wanted to, you know, go back to the roots in Bayonne. I mean, he wanted to do a lot of different things with that company because, I mean, no matter how many years he ran that thing, man, he talked about it like it just came out. You know, like that that dude, I, he, he actually lived right up the road from me. So I'd see him in Walmart. His eyes would just light up. Dude, you got, he, he would start giving me the rundown on things that he was thinking about and phone calls he got. You know, yeah. that was that was the thing about him. He just had such a, a love and a fire for the business, no matter how many years he's been doing it. He didn't, right. didn't get old on him. So. Yeah. That's fucked up. Man. Yeah, it's it, but um, it's good uh, to see them. Speaking of AC, Joe, speaking of AC, you were at the AC show, right? Mm-hmm. How was that venue? Like, was it a good wrestling? Oh, uh, it was. It was, uh, it was the. What's that? 
Was it what? I said, was it a good venue for wrestling? Um, it was wild as shit. Like I'd never seen anything like that before. There was fucking carpet, man. Like, and a chandelier yeah, yeah. over the ring. <laughs> like it was fucking crazy, man. Like there was carpet under my feet and shit. <laughs> like, it, it and, kinda, and, like the venue padded. reminded me of. You ever see Heroes of Wrestling? The what? Heroes of Wrestling. It was like a pay per view. It was like I think it was in year ninety nine, where they brought all like the washed up legends and shit. And it was uh, it was called yeah. it was a wrestling. They had like Abdul the Butcher against one man gang. That was at a casino. It kind of reminded me of that, but you know, obviously a better version. But. Hmm. Yeah, um, it was just one of the wildest things ever. Like you had to walk through the casino to get there. Like, you know what I mean? So obviously left you a little bit of options to make it more of a night than you want. You know, than just the wrestling show. It wasn't like yeah. drive up the road to the you know, casino if you want. You walk through the casino. I mean, anyone could drop, you know, a $10 bill in, the, in a machine real quick and, uh, you know, see how the night turns out. But um, right. it was just wild like that. And it was uh, really unique. I mean, I don't know that that's something I would ever be – I mean, I'm not really in the mindset of attending shows on a regular basis anyway. But I don't know if I could do like a month in, month out in AC. But as like a once-a-year deal or, or twice a year maybe, I think that would be a big thing to do. Yeah. yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah, pretty nice. Cool. But um, uh, you know, I got I got to be honest. Though. Speaking of Bayonne, I went to the um last show in Bayonne. I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of fan of that venue. I don't know if you're if they're using the same venue, but um, kind of reminded me of like, some of the. It's a different venue. I better cause yeah, the other one it almost just seemed like a like a picnic spot. You know, it it wasn't oh, yeah. it didn't feel like a venue, but um, it was it was a great show nonetheless. The whole team Pazuzu mm-hmm. against. You know, all the, um, you know, Homicide, Hit Squad, fucking, who else was in that? Loki was in that match. And and that yeah. alone, that, that was worth the admission. So, I'm sure the Joker and Homicide against Hit Squad, that's going to be fucking, that's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah, and then you got the two, you know, qualifying best of the light heavyweight matches. And, um, you know, those, those are definitely going to be good. Um, I had both of them written down, but. I know um, Grim Reefer is so, going to be in that, and Grim Reefer, that's yeah. the guy. You know, honestly, I would love to see him. You know, I know you're not, you know, with the whole game changer and all that, but I would like to see him in the Acid Cup, that guy. I would like to see CZW use him because, you know, he's kind of getting older, but he's, he can still go, man. That was a guy that I thought was underrated, you know? Well, I mean, let's I mean, let's break out and talk about the Acid Cup because that's, you know, that's a big topic right now. There's a lot of swirling around about that, and, you know, I, I'm as big of a, a fan of Trent Acid as it comes. So it, it's not a matter of me not wanting to see something done in his honor. I mean, I, I think that should have been done a long time ago. I think that the best of the best tournament should have been named after Trent Acid after he passed. I mean, that, that would have been the most fitting thing in the world. But yeah. um, I personally, I just I don't respect Andy DeMano and I don't respect Brett Lauderdale. So for them to be running it, to me, looks kind of suspect, and then just just their business dealings in general. It, it's already going in that. It's already headed in that direction where there's a lot of drama already popping up off of it. So, I, I don't yeah. know. But, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I listened. I listened to the last show you did, and uh, you mentioned how they kind of encouraged the fans to take, uh, you know, video and upload it to social media. It was funny because Larry Legend he missed the ending to one of the matches. I think it was the uh, Wayne Murdoch and, and Masada match. 
And um, I think it was like a pile driver onto the cinder blocks. And long story short, Larry, Larry Legend, he missed it. And he was like, yo, um, and this is on the, on the microphone. He's not just like asking the fans. It's probably going to be on the DVD. He's like, yo, uh, I, I missed the ending of the match. Was anybody recording this? Like, and then not any, nobody raised their hand. You know, I don't know, nobody recorded it. And he's like, all right, well, uh, just to let you guys know, like, you guys can record whatever you want and, uh, you know, upload it with hashtag, you know, Game Changer, whatever the fuck. And I'm just saying, I'm like, yo, like, I can understand 10-second, you know, little clips, you know, and, and put it on Instagram or whatever, but full matches, man, that's, that's, that's bad. That's a bad business move. So I'd have to definitely agree with you on that because CZW is super yeah. cool about, you know, not, let, not letting any footage get out. But at the same time, I think it can, you know, help out the promotion. Maybe not the biggest bump of the night, but, you know, some cool spots. Yeah, it's awkward to me because, like, I these guys that, like, you know, people might think I'm a dickhead. But I, I have, like, a real high, like, um, self-awareness. And, like, I, if I know, like, I'm not supposed to be doing something, I'm generally not going to be doing it. So, like, yeah. even though I see five people with fucking their phones out, I don't want to be the guy with my fucking phone out, you know, even though like, what are they going to do? I just feel like that's just not something I do. I don't attempt doing it. Cause you're not supposed to fucking do it. You know, like, so, uh, you know, even when I saw 10 people filming the roof spot, I'm still just trying to take my pictures because I could have got the same fucking roof shot that everybody else got, but it just, right. it wasn't in my thought process. Like, yo, let me record this right now because, you would expect someone to go, hey, hey, what are you doing? You know, because this is their selling point. And, um, you know, even when uh, the Demano thing, when he started shooting on Dickinson, I would have loved to actually record that and just shot it over to Dickinson. Like, hey, look, he just saw this. Yeah. Right. And, um, I'm sure it'll I be on up... DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But, um, you know, he, uh, when, when, by after the first thing, and I saw cameras and this and that, and finally I was like, fuck it. When Tremont came out to do his piece about why Zandig wasn't there, I recorded that. But even like during recording that, I felt like fucking awkward. You know what I mean? Like they're encouraging it, and I'm still like, I don't know about this shit, you know? Yeah. It, just, it, it's just, you feel out of place because it's completely like if all of a sudden like one movie theater decided, like, hey, you could film this shit while you're in here, you'd still feel like, right. am I supposed to be doing this yeah. shit? Like, is someone else going to show up and be like, Yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just weird to me. And huh? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but you know they could they could talk all that you know their business plan and th- people buy DVD for this and this and this. I know people personally that said I already seen the whole shit on Larry's fucking uh, Snapchat or Instagram or whatever the fuck it is. Paris. Yeah. They they personally said they have no need to buy it because they saw it all on his thing. So you can say whatever you want as far as you're still going to get sales, but it speaks for itself when I know someone who might have bought it and they go, eh, no need, saw it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But you know, at the, at the same time, like with the bump getting on ESPN, even though they were, you know, it was a, it was a backhanded compliment, they were kind of shitting on it. Or making fun of the wrestling, but um, that's a pretty big fucking exposure, man. And and you would think even if they get thirty DVDs off of that bump, thirty DVDs may be nothing to WWE, but to like an indie company, like you know, Smart Mark Video and shit like that, like that's that's pretty decent. Thirty, you know, that's that's a decent amount. How many do you think there's they sell at these shows? Probably like maybe five, six. They don't sell more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how that translates to DVD sales, though. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. You, you see Some it on people might, might watch like, that. Yeah, but they might they might be fooled and think there's you know other bumps and just check it out for something just just a weird factor. Maybe not even wrestling fans. Just like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? You know, this is some underground fighting. What? Are, oh, this is wrestling. I never seen some shit like this. What game changer? Yeah. Let me go check this out. Maybe they might not buy it again, but you know that initial time. Actually, after those backstage segments, they shouldn't buy it again. Holy shit! That's fucking, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking yeah, ridiculous. That's the man. thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Say a casual fan goes, oh, "Holy fuck, man! I saw this roof bump thing on ESPN. I'm buying the DVD." They buy the DVD. Right. And they find out the craziest thing that happened was exactly what they saw on ESPN. And they also get a guy in a pink fucking uh, tank top calmly right. pep-talking everybody in the locker room before the thing. And it just becomes <laughs> tremendously awkward. Yeah. Well, especially because it's Zandig. You know, if it was anybody else, it'd be like, whatever. But just the fact that it's Zandig and he's doing that, dude, I th- I'm pretty sure I-, I messaged you right when I got the DVD you watched. And I was like, oh, you're going to fucking laugh when you see this shit, man. And- it was it was just weird, man. I can't believe like it got to so many people. You know, Smart Mark. I'm sure they they watched it. I'm sure Zandig watched it. Lauderdale, Demanto, fucking Riccio. I'm sure they all watched it and had to sign off on it before it was released. Like, wasn't anybody aware? Like, oh, this is like, this isn't good, man. This is this is horrible. This is not even like so good. It's, it's so bad. It's good. This is just fucking like cringeworthy bad. And you know, I, I honestly have no clue how it got through. But God bless. Yeah. No idea. I mean, their their business plan overall is fucking crazy. Like they were still um, the last show I went to, they were giving away the um, the Zandig shirts from the the tournament of survival. And, right. Um, like I guess it was part of your ticket, like your your front row ticket or something. I I didn't buy VIP, and they were still trying to yeah. give me a shirt, and I just told them I didn't even want it because I don't. But um. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm like I'm I'm all I'm all set. But uh yeah. you know, that's the thing, like these people bought VIP to the other show, it cost them a hundred dollars for that tournament survival. The only thing they got is to go in early, take a picture with a, a, the whole lineup of wrestlers, and if you look at those pictures, half of the wrestlers look pissed off that they signed on for that shit. Yeah. And um and then beyond that, they got a T-shirt that everybody else got for free the next month. Eighty people got for free the next month. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just it's it's crazy. And they had like the amount of T-shirts on that that table could have built like a T-shirt Buick. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, that's true. That's how much of that shit they have left. So I I don't know what their business plan is, but I don't think it's going well at all. I just. They had fly-ins. They had all sorts of things going on between the last two shows. They got a total of like 180 people. Uh, yeah. Now they got like a four thousand dollar rent on the fucking arena. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of the arena, I guess I guess let's get into that real quick because when when DJ was was doing our show, he told us um, it's right around four or five grand just just to rent out the fucking arena. You know, the, the mm-hmm. tickets are going to be more expensive because you know I, I go to House of Hardcore sometimes. The ticket for general edition yeah. is forty five bucks, bro. Fucking forty five dollars. You know what yeah. I mean? So like how many of these wrestling fans are gonna want to pay that extra twenty five? I'm not sure if, if the price for, for admission for the for you know, just general admission is is forty five for G C W but I know House of Hardcore had to bump it up because they're at the arena. Because there's like a surcharge or whatever the fuck with the arena. Like the arena like mm-hmm. dude that place 
they need to shut. Just just do fucking you know shows at concerts, you know boxing matches for wrestling, dude. That place is fucking. It's not the same, and, and it doesn't even have to be the same. It's just a bad venue now. You know what I mean? Right. It's way too strict. Yeah. You know you can't do shit. You can't even walk outside. Yeah, you know you're fucking stuck inside. They're they're petting down your fucking balls. It's CZW House of Hardcore is way fucking worse. You know what I mean? You feel like you got right abducted by a bunch of fucking aliens. You're about to get anally probed or something. These dudes are fucking touched. I'm like, yo, bro, like, I this is an indie show. There's like fucking sixty people inside. I'm pretty sure no one's coming in here, you know, going crazy or nothing. It's a fucking indie show. This isn't we're not the we're not at the Wells Fargo Center. You know what I mean? But I'm particularly yeah, not really I, looking forward to it being there, but it should be a good show if it happens. Yeah, I like that disclaimer. But, uh, you know, they they put out this thing where, and it wasn't even like a post-it they were supposed to put out, I guess. I guess it was sent to Robbie Marino, and uh, it was like a sample poster, and um, he liked it, so he just shared it. But, um, you know, a little bit of spoiler came out on that poster, too, because they, they hadn't even previously announced the hit squad. They haven't even previously announced Masada. And both right. of those guys are all those guys are on the poster. So those are more guys that they have to pay. And you know, Masada's. I mean, he, he's coming from Texas, so that, that's not like a. I wouldn't think that that's a cheap booking. Um, yeah. I don't know what he's making. You know, money wise, I don't know what these guys are making. I can't really speak for that. But what I can say is that you're not allowed any blood at all in that arena. None and at all. I know Masada can work a straight match. I'm aware of that. But in the same token, to bring Masada in from Texas and allow zero blood, like there can't be the skewer pulled out, there can't be anything at all. Like I just think that's insane. Like I don't even know why you would do that. Well, do you think they're actually going to stick to that? I I mean, I get I mean is how highly regulated it is, is it? Because I mean, I know they're just doing shit in Jersey that they might not be allowed to do, and they're just doing it. Right, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah. But in Philly, I, isn't there like a commissioner in the fucking building half the time? Well, is it, I think there's a commissioner at the, at the Voorhees Center too, isn't there? Possibly. There, there damn sure isn't at, at Game Changer World. Yeah, I know that. But I remember DJ saying the guys always sitting in the corner. You know, that's why they can't use the light tubes. But that's another thing. I don't know why they can't lose, use light tubes, but they can use the panes of glass because essentially it's the same shit. It's glass, you know. But I, I think the uh, the panes of glass, because they shatter in those tiny little pieces, they're a little bit more predictable where the, the light tubes can really shatter in crazy shards. Yeah. Plus, I guess plus, that's true, but yeah. it's, it's glass it's nonetheless, man. You can still get cut. Yeah, plus the uh, the mercury. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Hopefully, none of us catch cancer that went to TOS because that place is fucking. They're dead. Yeah, they're they 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 not. Yeah, dude. And then, you know, the baby powder gimmick, too. That's like a that's like a game changer thing now, man. They had the baby powder in the beginning of the matches uh, at the last show. Oh, really? That sucks. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even through like a yeah, guitar I... or anything. It was just on the fucking canvas, you know? It's just baby powder. I don't even know how it got there. Oh, wow. I guess they put it on before that. Yeah, before the even show started. But um, there's baby wow. powder yeah, all over the, the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. I wonder if that's but, like um, for a fact. So, you know, they can kind of simulate, look, it's light tube gas in the air and we're going to die. And, you know, I wonder if it's that type of deal. Yeah, but for the matches they were using, it wasn't even parkour matches. 
I think the first match was uh, the Keith Lee dude, the the guy from Texas. It was him against yeah. Kyle the Beast, and that wasn't a hardcore match. You know, I think they just do it because the bumps will like look cool or something. I don't know. Maybe it looks good on camera. Really? I, I guess. <laughs> I can't think of any other reason. Just make their wrestlers look ashy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Are you familiar with that guy though, Keith Lee? No, I hadn't seen him before. I, everybody I've heard about, you know, talking about him or saying he's he's really good, but I haven't seen yeah. him before. Yeah, dude is fucking big, man. That's a big fucking dude. And he can move, man. He's agile as hell for that size. And um, he's really yeah. charismatic. Like he would, he would, he kind of reminds me of Steen when uh, okay. know, like the little, the little things that he does with the crowd and the ref, you know, talking to the ref, telling him like ask him, ask him to quit. Just the little things that you know heels would do, or just, just you know, a, a good wrestling gimmick would do. So he really connects with the crowd and just little things with the referee. It just, I don't know. He kind of gets wrestling, you know, like the psychology of it. And like I said, the guy's charismatic. I think that's a guy that they could sign. Because, you know, as far as his size, like, that's exactly, you know, right up their alley. Guy's charismatic. I'm sure he can probably cut promos, you know, connect with the crowd. Hopefully they bring him back. Again, that guy's from Texas. So, you know, that's like a fucking, what, $400, you know, plane ticket. So. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. I'm, you know, 100 or 80 fans. I have no idea how that that's even happening. I, I mean. Yeah. And that's two shows. You know, they, it's not even one show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100 or 80 is, is kind of what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, definitely not 180, but, um, yeah, I mean, they had a problem paying Dickinson, as, uh, you know, DeMano so so clearly said, 50 fucking dollars, but they're paying for flights from fucking Texas. I just, you know, and, and California and shit like that. Like, they yeah. followed an 80-fan attendance with flying people in from California. Like yeah. a forty-year-old fucking deathmatch wrestler from California, they flew in. Who would be really yeah. sad if he didn't show up? That's honestly, I, I was surprised he was there. But um, you know, I, I can see in Keith Lee's case, him actually just you know voluntarily just driving out there so they don't have to pay for his you know pay for his fare. Because you know he's a newer guy, maybe he's trying to make a name for himself. But guys like Masada, like dude, you're yeah, dude, you're fucking paying for Masada. Like that that dude's not driving to fucking you know Jersey or Philly. Nah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Nah, man, he's not. Come on, that that dude is. He's he's definitely not driving out. And you know what happened with him in CZW? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in CZW for like I don't know five months. No, I I don't know. And you know, it's it's kind of like. I think the 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 whole gimmick was pretty clear when you know. Masada showed up, Dickinson disappeared. Dickinson showed up, Masada disappeared. I think that's pretty much the trend. Uh, you're not saying building, and uh, yeah. I think that's a big, you know, continued issue. So I don't yeah. know if any, uh, you know, hatchet is going to be buried between the two of those anytime soon. They're both pretty strong-minded dudes, and it's probably just going to continue to one gets booked and the other one doesn't. Yeah. That's a, that's a guy that's an acid cup definitely could have used as a uh, Dickinson. Oh yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like him. Dickinson I think should have been in there. And uh maybe like even like a Leo Rush, you know? Oh yeah. Which yeah, Leo he Rush was actually rumored on. Yeah, he was rumored to go against uh Teddy Hart at that one show. And um that's a match that I think, you know, if if they invest in, 
Will it sell tickets? Probably not. But uh, whoever the fuck does show up is going to leave happy. But Yeah. Yeah, I think another big uh, big matchup that they can do, I really think they could pull the main event around it, is, is Teddy Hart and Janela. Because I, I know Janela will do you know, what he does, and he'll get in his head, and he'll do a bunch of internet shit and really get the fucking thing hyped up. So by yeah. the time they get in a ring together, it'll be big, and they'll they'll be you know wanting to kill each other. Uh, I think that that could be really big. And then, you know, athletically, the two of them are going to tear it up. Yeah, no doubt about it. But um, I think Joey Janela, you know, obviously the dude is fucking money. But the last show, him and him and um, Sexy Eddie, like that was one of the matches that I was actually looking forward to. I was like, yo, be, that, that's going to be like, you know, one of those matches. That, and not necessarily like a dream match, I wouldn't say. But um, very similar guys. And uh, I thought it was going to be like a great fucking match. And the, the stipulation of the dildo. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what? This, I, uh, you know, use, use those stipulations for guys that can't fucking go. These dudes, like, they would have tore it down either way. You don't need a dildo in the middle of the match. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's the thing. I, you know, I anticipated that match when I saw it on paper, too, and I forgot how tremendously homosexual that wrestling has gotten. Um, you know, I, I think I told you last night that to me wrestling is like that that dude that everybody knows is gay but then everyone acts surprised when he comes out because um <laughs> yeah. it, it is more and more it is just becoming like hold up homosexual <laughs> like where you gotta take a step back and go hold the fuck on me yeah. this isn't what i signed up for like that last show you were in the building little did you know that there was a dude that pulled his pants down down to his thighs and his and his underwear and tucked his dick between his legs and took a picture with Sexy Eddie. Like, this yeah. was going on in the same building. Like, 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 you'd be walking around and stop, like, hold on, is there some gay shit going on around here? <laughs> like, I feel yeah, kind of funny if, if right now. Is, like, what's going on? If, if, that, if that dude is listening right now, please never come to a wrestling show again, man. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. <laughs> Yo. That shit, I, I don't and, know what's and, going on with you, man. And he wasn't, he wasn't, like, against that shit, man. You can yeah, see the look on all. his face like he, like he's hyped that that type of shit is happening. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's don't some real know. weird maybe, maybe shit going a, on in wrestling. Yeah, maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know, man. That's, that's fucking weird. I mean, from the Joey Ryan Cox spots and... You know, that everybody loving each other after the fucking match all the time. And there's just such over-the-top. John Zandig, when he did that whole fucking invasion angle in CZW, they all fought for a while, and then he demanded a group hug. I, I've never <laughs> seen no shit like this. John fucking Zandig demanded a group hug after some all fucking CZW, this is what's going down, motherfucker shit. I'm, I don't even know what to do anymore with this kind of shit. <laughs> he dude, grabbed I, fucking Larry Legend's ass to start the show, and then later on asked for a group hug between dudes. I don't know what the fuck dude, is going on. I really hope that's not the last of Zandig because if that was the last time we saw him, like that's dude, come on, you got to do better than that, man. At least just come back one more show and just go out with a bang. You don't even have to wrestle, but you know the last couple times with fucking the pink shirts and the ass grabbing and group hugging. And, <laughs> Uh, There's some more wild shit, man. Like, what's yeah. the odds that he's at at the Acid Cup? Uh, dude, I, he's not going to be there. I don't think he's coming. I I would doubt it, and I think that 
you know, if that's the poster, that's the way the poster's going down, I don't think they believe it either because no. they've been, you know, trying to stay on good terms with him and all that, but there's not a picture of John Zandig on there, and he's supposed to be co-presenting it. Obviously, he's a huge name. You know, a year ago, no one even thought he would come back to wrestling again, and now it just right. kind of says, Game Changer Wrestling and Zandig. Like, they even took the John off of that shit. Like, <laughs> there's no yeah. ultraviolet icon. There's no... It's just and Zandig. <laughs> like, yeah. like no, I, I feel like they're really trying to, you know, downplay that a little. Yeah. Like like you mentioned last week, um, you know, he's clearly not active on Facebook because there's fucking porn all over his, you know, Facebook page. So I, yeah. I really don't think the dude is coming back, man. He hasn't been on Facebook, and that was his way of, you know, communicating with the people and talking wrestling. Like, dude is either really, really banged up and he, he literally can't go, or he just got a taste of wrestling again. And he was like, you know what? I know exactly why I left. You know, I don't want to deal with these fucking scumbags. I'm, I'm done. And he just left yeah. with that. But I don't see the dude coming back, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, and, and it's a shame. But to me, I just think, like, his whole return was handled wrong. And I think it, it did definitely sour him on the business again. Because, you know, and I can't speak for the dude or how he's feeling, just speculation-wise. But, you know, right. he, he came back in and immediately aligned himself with Brett Lauderdale and fucking Danny DeMano, which, in my opinion, is a horrendous decision. Um, and then he aligned himself with DJ Hyde, which to me, again, is a horrendous decision. I mean, there's some good things about DJ, and there's some good things that DJ does. These past two shows, the one coming up and the one that they just did was fucking awesome, and, and the one that they have lined up is booked great. So maybe he's headed in the right direction, but the way DJ does business and the way John does business is completely different. So I think if you put the two of them in the locker room together, trying to run a company, they're going to butt heads. So to me, the math would say this is not going to work. And sure enough, he did one show with them and gone. And then on the side of Game Changer Wrestling, his first fucking match back in the ring, he jumped off a goddamn roof. I mean, why the fuck would you need to? Great spot. Great spot. Okay, now let's talk about for the next five years when we don't see Zandig. I don't. They could have tore it up, just him and Joey in the ring. There was no need to come off the roof and then not see Zandig again. Yeah, I mean, it was a great match nonetheless. Like, even without that bump, like, it was, it was a good right. match. And, um, yeah, dude, I, I I don't think he's coming back. I honestly think that bump, you know, pretty much killed his career. And he soured up on the business, man, when he came back. I mean, obviously, there's great talent, but it, it's not the same. Imagine if you left in, what, he left in 2010, 11? It's it's not mm-hmm. the same as it was then, and, and even back then wasn't the same as it was in you know early two thousands and mid two thousands. Like two thousand ten, right. like well, it necessarily wasn't a good year for wrestling, whether it was on the indies or you know the main promotions. It's you know the last couple of years have been kind of shitty, and um, yeah, I think it just started picking back up as far as you know at least the northeast area. You know Jersey All Pro started doing shit again. You know whether they like it or not, game changers at least bringing some people back. Uh, CZW is kind of stepping it up. Um, PWS dot, which you know helps people out. That shit was fucking garbage. But uh, yeah, I think they still run shows, yeah. though, right? Because it, it's all divided. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck though. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about yeah. it though. I don't think everyone, anyone gave a fuck about that. But, yeah, uh, you know, that's the thing too. Uh, you know, with, with Game Changer, it's 
on paper and and even product wise, a lot of it is is really good shit. And in my opinion, it's just like an enjoy it while it lasts situation because if you look slightly deeper than just the product itself, but than just the match you're watching, you can tell that the shit is imploding. I mean, you could look around you and go, "Wow, I'm not sharing this experience with too many people here today." Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's that's a nice way to put know? it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and figure out how much money could possibly be coming in and how many more times they could do the same thing. It's just like, obviously, you know, TNA was that company for years and years where it was like, they're losing shitloads of money. How do they keep doing this? Well, obviously, they had yeah. a big financial backer. I don't think GCW with uh, Ricky O, I don't think Ricky O has quite the financial backing like uh, TNA did. So I don't think they stay afloat with, with shit that doesn't, make money for, for that long. I really don't. I'll be surprised if GCW is doing deathmatch shows in 2017. Well, I mean, dude, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know how familiar you were with, you know, Jersey Championship Wrestling because I didn't really follow it. Um, you know, early 2000s when they were doing the J-Cup when, like, Punk went over there and Daniel Bryan. I watched a couple of those right. shows, but I never really, like, watched GCW for, you know, like, Kyle the Beast as much as I like him now, but, like, you know, yeah, you know, that's just that's not like a guy that I would be like, okay, Kyle the Beast and and fucking whoever else they were using. Uh, I think like Moff was up there with you know uh, who else did they use? Like the original GCW that was that was going around in last year. There wasn't too many people that they were using, and it was very much like a PWS kind of company. Like they were doing you know uh, fucking like shows at parks for kids. It wasn't really my thing. Yeah, there and shindy. you know I mean, they were definitely a shindy. Yeah, but you got to think about it though. He had enough money to bring in Scott Hall and X Pac consistently. Like those guys were coming in and out for for a couple months. So I think that he had money. That, he wasn't, yeah, but he wasn't making money back from that, dude. Look at the crowd. There's like fucking fifty people. You know the guy, yeah. the guy that that threw down the the, the new uh, card where it was the, the dream matches of dream matches. Danny DeMonto against Bully Ray. Look at the fucking crowd. There's like sixteen people there. They paid Scott Hall yeah. a woman for that. Like, come on, they're not making money off that shit. Yeah, I mean, Shindy's find a way with that shit because for the most part, you know, a lot of their lower card talent is either unpaid or straight up ticket sellers where they're they're basically paying the promoter to be there. So if right. they sell tickets, you know, and those people are in the building and now even maybe even buying a fucking hot dog or something, that's like, it's like free money and half your card isn't even paid for. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're paying for half the show by doing that. And then, you know, the top of the card is, is funded by the front half of the card, you know? So sometimes that's the way, like, the, you know, Frank Goodman used to run, you know, 28 match shows and, yeah. you know, 12 of those matches were guys that were fucking paying to be there. So the top half of the card was funded by the bottom half. And, you know, they had this fucking guy, uh, what the hell, Johnny Ringo at the, I went to a brick show of, um, GCW. I don't know if it was JCW or GCW at the time, but it was like, yeah. right, you know, Gage had just gotten out and everything. And it was in brick. They had a ring that was like a foot and a half off the ground because the ceiling was was too low. So yeah. the ring was like, like a like one step up. Shit was crazy. I never seen anything like that. But I mean, good on them that they could find a short ring because then you could still work in a small building. So I guess, fucking, you know, making do with what they have. But um th- this guy Johnny Ringo, like the dude had a Brock Lesnar tattoo, like he had like th- that here comes the pain shirt, like that logo yeah. with the monster on it. 
he had oh, that, oh. and then it said, it said, here comes Hold the pain a under the wrestler it. had that? Wait, the wrestler had yeah. that too? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, he had on his bicep. It had that monster that Brock Lesnar has, and then it said, oh. here comes the pain under it. And the dude was doing, like, he was doing taunts like, like he had Tourette's, like taunt Tourette's or... Like, you know, those old-school no-mercy games when you hit the toggle stick. Like, if he had a seizure while holding yeah. that toggle stick, that's how he was doing taunts. Like, he would just put his arms up for a second. Then he'd put his arms out to the side like Raven. Then he'd do, like, a suck-it taunt. Then he'd put his arms up. Like, he didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, he was just trying to get noticed, I guess. And this yeah. shit was just crazy. Like, I spit... I sp- Spent the whole match just cracking the fuck up watching this dude. Like I made that my entertainment for the match, and I just died laughing at this dude. And then, um, yeah. turns out later, you know, talking to Joey, Joey Janela and stuff, um, online said he he hates that dude, and he sent me a clip of a a match, or actually the whole match, where he legitimately choked that dude out in a match. <laughs> like I mean, he probably deserved nobody it, like, the fucking tattoo. That's that's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, the dude's crazy. He had a bounty. It said bounty hunter on his arms, and then he had the Brock Lesnar tattoo, and the taunt Tourette's. The shit was crazy as fuck, man. But that again, Jesus. that was the beginning of of a fucking GCW card. And then the top of it was we have Scott Hall and X Pac, and we have Nick Gage and um, Dickinson. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, yeah, I think I guess you could tolerate the bottom if you, you you know you get to see those guys. But I got a picture with Scott Hall and got to see Gage versus Dickinson. So, huh? How was that match? It was good. I mean, they they definitely had better matches. Like their uh, their Beyond match was way better. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, it for for a small venue like that, they still kicked the shit out of each other. I mean. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Let me ask you a question because this this guy just got uh, announced for for the Acid Cup. What are your thoughts uh-huh. on Arcadia? Because I I was never like big on the guy. Um, I think he could work. I, I think he's a guy who could really go. Um, I don't know that he has a whole lot of charisma. Uh, there's something right. about him that just doesn't grab you when he's out there. Like he kind of falls into just. He gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Like if you had like a like a six man match or a four man match, I think he'd kill it in there. But he wouldn't really stand out amongst the group. That's I mean that's kind of how I see him. I don't think he's going to ruin anything or make anything bad. And I think he improved a bunch. And then he faded away. I don't know if he stopped wrestling or or what he did, but um, he seemed to get pretty good down the end before I stopped hearing about him. And um, I don't know. I, you know, I've never been the biggest fan in the world of him, but I noticed him getting a shitload better over time. And, you know, he worked a lot of pretty bad motherfuckers. So, yeah. You know what? That's, that's another thing that gets me. Like when, when people said, you know, this person got better with overtime, like a lot of people say that about Cena. They're like, Oh, well, you know, how could you say you hate Cena? He's gotten so much better. I said, well, no shit, dude. He's been wrestling for fucking 15 years. I hope he got better. <laughs> you know, it's I like, that should be, fun. that's just, Anything you do, you should get better at it with time. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't give yeah. credit to wrestlers that got better over time. That's just like, it's, you should get better. Well, how do you rate that you know? then? I mean, if a dude but wasn't so good when they started, or the dude was only decent. 
and then, and then turns into like you know really good. Like, how do you label that then? Yeah, but it all depends on timing. Like, look at look at a guy like Leo Rush. You know, the guy's been wrestling for two years and he's already this good. That's somebody that's oh, impressive. Yeah. If somebody is shit for eight years and then like the last two years, you're like, all right, now I can tolerate them. They're all right. It's like, all right, well, he was shit for eight years. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, I I think you know. I mean, I I I don't even know if I want to go towards the Cena thing because I think that stands. Very, very far apart. I think Cena's awesome. I think, uh, uh, you know, overall, I, I think his, his character's corny as shit. I mean, it's supposed to be what it's supposed to be. But um, the dude wasn't, like, WWE overall wasn't booked to be, like, an athletic, competitive company the way it is now. So I think he did what was needed. You know what I mean? Like, he only needed to do these five moves or whatever. He didn't need to do indie-style matches and blow the roof off of shit. He was still selling merch out the ass. WWE was still a fucking multi-million dollar company, and he was the flagship guy, and, you know, meeting kids in the hospital, and although it wasn't cool to the indie fans, it wasn't what was needed for him or the company. Now, you know, all these years later where he doesn't even really need to step up for anybody, he's fucking killing it against everyone they put him in against, you know, all the indie darlings and all the guys, he's fucking keeping up with those guys, so to me, I think he's, he's great, and, um, I, I think, like I said, the hate just comes from, you know, he was doing a different style that people weren't down with. And I wasn't down. I didn't want to watch or see him match either. But, you know, that doesn't mean he just fucking blows. Half the WWE is boring to me. All right. Well, let, let me let me say my piece on Cena because I'm, I'm a big-time Cena hater. I, I don't even want to say hater. <laughs> I really just like the guy because he just – I don't know. To, to me, the guy – his his character's corny. Let's you know, so we agree on that. But that's like ninety percent of it to me. Like, and you know, you're you're talking about him doing all these donations and charities. Like, you know, a lot of dudes do that on the roster. They just you know they don't they don't shed any light on it because you know the the guy that they want to push. And at the same mm-hmm. time, him keeping up with Andy Darlings. Like I said, the guy's been wrestling for fifteen years. He should be able to keep up with them. You know, they, of course, like they're doing a lot of the big bumps. And, you know, look at him trying to do Hurricanradas. He almost fucking killed himself. You know, it's like, dude, come on. Him, his, his look, I guess, is, is fine. You know, he looks like a frat dude to me. Like, I don't really – I'm not into wrestlers. I just look like regular dudes with muscles like Miz. Guys like that I'm not really into. Um, Cena, he just bored the fuck out of me, man. I just I, – I hate his promos. I think he's, he's super fucking fake. You know what I mean? The guy is just yeah. – is he is – he, is he, is he good for the company? Absolutely. He's fucking money. Do I understand why right. they use him? Absolutely. Because he shows up, he does his job. They don't have to worry about him going on, you know, NBC or the morning shows and fucking up. They don't have to worry about him, you know, getting caught with drugs or, you know, prostitutes or anything like that. Right. The guy's good to go. He's good for business. Just me personally, I just find him fucking boring. He's just, I hate the character. Oh, I I don't like his character either. Um, my thing is just like I said, now to the point where, you know, I see him lined up against another guy who I like. I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I think that's going to be a good fucking match. And I mean, you can yeah, talk he, it he up can have good there. matches. I'll give you that. He can have good matches with certain people. Like anytime they put him against, you know, like you said, any of the Andy Darlings, even Orton guys, like even Reigns, he had some good matches with him. You know, like anybody they put him in the yeah. ring with that that can wrestle, he can go with them. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, his character just kills it for me, man. I just, you know, they're coming out yeah, with the never I'm, give I'm up towels and shit. It's, 
Yeah, the jorts. It just yeah. it's cringeworthy, man. It's just fucking. Thank God for DVR yeah, so I can it's, fast it's forward through it now, but. So, but you know, like I mean, to do somewhat of a comparison, like Danny Demano, you could book him up top of a card. And I don't give a fuck who you book him against. There's not anything that's going to come out of that match that I'm going to want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least Cena, you can you can put him against. Which comparing Cena to Danny Demano is crazy. I just just happened to be the first thing that came to mind. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, that's all right. I'm just saying, like you know, if someone you could just go, oh, that guy sucks, or that guy, you know, that guy isn't isn't what I'm into. Well, then you know you're not going to get like a great match out of such and such versus such and such. It's just going to be the other dude you wanted to see versus this dude. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I give Cena a lot of credit, just because he can go and he honestly doesn't need to. He could fall back and let everybody else be athletic and just fucking play the role and do the hand in the face thing. You know that's that's why I gave him credit. And even that, like he took that that step down and went to the U.S. title and shit, and he helped strengthen that fucking title. Just I, I think he because he loves that shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. He just I I wish they would have <laughs> turned him heel sometime down the road because I think it would have you know kind of made it a little bit more refreshing and I could have tolerated it. But um, just the fact that he's been the same character for what like ten years at least. It's just yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm Those just happy. Different color shirts are flying. <laughs> right, dude. It's fucking. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, man. The dude is like, and you know, he comes out. He's like, a, like one of those t-shirt cannons and shit. Like he just, he's like yeah. a, he just like frisbees merch everywhere. He's got a fucking towel. <laughs> he throws out. He throws his hat yeah. out. He throws a shirt out. Like everybody is, he's like he's like Oprah Winfrey coming out. He's like, you get a shirt, you get a hat, you get, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he's just good for the shirt. kids. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it just no, that's what you. it is. Like I'm not into a lot of shit my kids are into. You know, <laughs> like I look yeah. at the, they're watching some bullshit show. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And they're they yeah. just, they couldn't be happier. So fuck it. I mean, it, it's making money. You, you know what I hate about Cena the most, though? This, and this is just, just nitpicking, but my, my pet peeve is him talking to the camera when he first comes out. During his entrance, I fucking hate that shit, dude. When he's fucking talking to the people at home, oh, hell of a crowd tonight. It's like, like shut the fuck up, man. What can we do? Yeah, that's just that, that, you know, that, that cheap pop-based stuff. Oh, here we are in San Antonio. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's where we are. That's you know, yeah. That's a good part of why I I don't like being a wrestling fan anymore. As far as like the live crowd, like to just be like, this is the greatest town, and everybody in the crowd's like, yeah, and I feel like <laughs> fuck you. And then people yeah. look at me like, you don't even want to participate. You just sit on your hands, fucking asshole. And like, yeah, all right, man. You know what? <laughs> I'm not a train seal. Like, I understand that's yeah. what you're into. And I, you know, I had explained that on a, on one of the recent shows that I did about you know my feelings on a mark and and that type of thing. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's better for business. I mean, if you can get a bunch of clapping seals in the audience, that's way better. That's going to make you way more money. It's just, it's not me, man. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. No, it'll definitely make them more yeah. money, man. They're the ones buying the T-shirts, you know, all kinds of 8 by 10s Yeah. I like the same 8 by 10 every month. <laughs> yeah. They have a stack hey, of them. I hate the shitty ones, too. Have you seen the ones where you could tell they just, like, went and just fucking blew up a picture that's, like, you know, like, 
fucking 75 pixels and, and blew it up to like an 8 by 10 and they're trying to sell for like 20 bucks. Like, dude, if you're going to try to sell something <laughs> yeah. to somebody for 20 bucks, at least get some quality photos. Even Virgil with the fucking subways has better than better than that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of autographs and everything, um, let's talk about the Abdullah the Butcher signing. Um, I'm obviously not an Abdullah the Butcher fan, but, you know, I understand he's a legend. I mean, there's no questioning yeah. that. Um, you you went out there and you met Abdullah and you know, tell me about your experience, man, because I know you were you were praising how awesome he was. Yeah, you know what? To to be honest with you, Abby and and Funk, I'd say are probably the two guys that I hadn't met, um, that I really wanted to meet because like you know obviously two of like my favorite. I was into like hardcore wrestling as a kid, so like you know mm-hmm. Cactus Jack, Sabu, Abby, Terry Funk, Onita, those were like you know like the wrestling like hardcore gods during, like, the 90s, so, like, Onita, I'm never going to meet, that's, you know, whatever, and, um, and to be honest, you know, like, a lot of people meet these guys, and they want to have that conversation, I don't even care for the conversation, I just want a picture, and that's, dude, I don't, I don't hold them up, like, I say, hey, big fan, thank you for doing what you did, and, you know, let's take a picture, and I'm out, like, I don't, I don't really have much to talk about, I've already heard that shoot interviews, like, I don't know, I just feel like a scumbag, because, like, I see so many wrestling fans who just bother the fuck out of them, they'll, like, stalk them, right. go to the bathroom, they get a free autograph, so I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not one of those guys, like, you know, here's, here's the 20 bucks pictures, you know, I don't even need an autograph. I'm not a big autograph guy, so I don't even need that. Just, you know, picture, good to meet you, and that's that. But um, Abby was one of those guys, I was kind of, not, not nervous, but I was like, yo, this dude's going to probably charge me like 40 bucks. He's going to try to rip me off. It's just going to leave a bad taste in my mouth and being a big fan of the guy. It's like, eh, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I might kind of ruin the experience for me, because same thing with Sabu, you know, like, when I met him, he's, he's a nice guy, but I've seen how he treats other people, and yeah, it's, it's not the same guy, I almost, like, don't want to support him anymore, you know, um, so yeah. that's kind of how I felt about, um, Abby going in, but, uh, went up to him, the dude was, like, fucking mad nice, you know, 20 bucks, gave me an autograph, two different poses, fucking, he gave me the four with the autographs, so two different autographs, two pictures, 20 bucks, and I was expecting him to, you know, charge me, like, 40 bucks or something for a picture, but, um, dude was super nice, but <laughs> the funny thing is, like, you know, he made me take my hat off. I guess it's like a respect thing. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. like, that's the Japanese thing or whatever, but he, he he told me to take my hat off. And then uh, he was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the do the fork gimmick." And I was like, "All right, that's fine." And you know, usually like they don't plan it out when you're doing a photo op. It's like a two second thing. You just take a picture and you leave. This dude helped me up right. like ten minutes, like breaking it down to me. All right, when I go in with the left hand, you're gonna grab my right wrist. You know, with the fucking and within three seconds, and then I'm gonna turn my arm. I'm gonna barely go in. You stick your tongue out when I do. I'm like, yo, this is this dude is like fucking planning on a match. I just like, I just want a photo <laughs> out, take a picture, and I'm out, man. Like, I, I don't want to hold you up. But uh, super nice dude, man. And then you know the second pose, he was like choking me out. And that shit's legit, dude. He grabbed my Adam's apple. He was like, yo, I'm gonna choke you out. I was like, all right, that's fine. He <laughs> literally went in, dude, fucking <laughs> choking me out. And uh, he did this to everybody. So nice dude, though. You know, I have nothing bad to say about Abby. Obviously, you know, if the whole Pepsi yeah, thing. Man. Which which seems like it is. Um, so I have that fork in a fucking Ziploc bag and we'll never touch it again. But um, Terry yeah. Funk also a very nice guy, but I'm I'm sure. And you that know dude that. didn't like with the headlock and all that. You didn't have to wipe like a lot of sweat off of you after that. No, 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 no. Actually, he seems he was he was in pretty good shape, man. He was in good spirits. Um, I guess he can't really walk, but uh, as far as physically, from from what I could see, the guy the guy looked fine. He was thinner. I don't know if that's because of, you know, his, his health condition, but uh, mm. he, he doesn't look too bad, man. He doesn't look too bad. I know um, I talked to Lauderdale. I know you're not a fan of the guy, but I talked to him. Nah, nah. And, um, just, <laughs> yeah, we, we know that. Uh, before, before the game changer <laughs> thing, and I guess I guess he had reached out to Abby to try to get Abby to come in, 
and uh, do something with Tremont. But um, he told me he can't walk, so I guess he's, he's not in good shape, but he, he looks good for Abby, I should say. Okay. So then, um, you know, following that, too, you, you um, I guess you saw some of those items up online for a little bump double the price. Oh, yeah, dude. And, and you know what, man? Speaking of Feinstein, obviously I'm talking about Feinstein. This fucking guy, Abby is charging 20 bucks for two pictures, an autograph, and a fucking fork. So if you divide four items by, by if, you, if you divide that 20 by four items, you're going to get fucking five bucks. That's five bucks a piece. He's trying to charge fucking uh-huh. people 50 bucks for a fucking fork that he probably got for like two bucks, you know? And yeah. it, it just, you know, I'm not a big fan of the guy myself. He's done a lot of shitty things, you know, aside from the whole TV thing. Um, just the fact that, you know, he had that convention. He had Sting up there, right? The same same convention that Abby and, and Funk were at. He had Sting there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he has two different options that you can choose from when you're buying the package. One is 100 bucks for just regular Sting without face paint, just, just Sting. 130 bucks, so an extra 30. If you toss an extra 30, you can take a picture with Sting with the face paint. What the fuck is the difference? If he's putting face paint on, why not just charge people 100 bucks for the face paint? You know what I mean? It's I don't like, understand how that works, though. Like, like, does that. he go around and put the paint on? Like, what do you, what do you? Right. Like, is there two different lines? Does he come back in like an hour with the paint? Like, how, how does that work? You know? Is there a fake? I'd imagine like, WCW '96. It's, it's fucking. It's retarded. I don't. I don't understand. Oh, you know. Hold on. Um. Well, the the show that Rob Feinstein was on. You can't just throw anybody on Catch the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, exactly. a gauge shoot. Um. But yeah, man. Like. <laughs> And that's the funniest thing too is like you know there there are such different relationships with these cats and I, I just I'll never understand the Rob Feinstein gimmick because you know some of the people who are cool with him and then some of the people who are dead set against him and then I mean Gage couldn't have been more dead set against him and then when he did his shoot it was like he was hanging with his best friend it, it was just yeah. it was fucking crazy yeah it's it's semi disgusting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the fans are supposed to think. I mean, you can feel how you want to feel. If you're cool with the guy, you're cool with the guy. I don't just like run around packing people who are cool with the guy. I mean, there, there's one guy I have a serious problem with, but I'm not gonna give him the fucking airtime. But um, yeah. you know, he could work on that shit with the acid cup. But um, you know, the thing is, is like when when people, you know, on a, a DVD that's going out to the fans turn to the camera and be like, that fucking guy's a pedophile. That fucking guy's on, you don't just go on fucking catch the predator. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah, he goes on his little rant about like, what the fuck? And he's like, this dead serious stare at the camera shit. Like he's about to go on some jail shit because he heard <laughs> that dude is, he's got the wrong charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, then he's like, it's like, man, Rob, anything for you, bro. Come on, Rob. Yeah. You know me. Come on, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you said the dude's name like a thousand times in that shoot. Like, fuck, man, that's a crazy transition. I mean, do the shit for the money, do whatever, but you're putting both of these things out to the fans, and then they're supposed to just eat both of that shit up. Like, it's just yeah. fucking bananas. No, no, no. Spe- speaking of the um, speaking of the RF video with with the Nick Gage one, you were at TOD twelve, right? TOD twelve. 
which that's, that's the one where that. Gage came back. It was it was Gage, Claxton, and DJ Hyde. Yep, yep. All right. So that's that's the TOD where they actually released that, that shoot interview. Now, Feinstein was walking down the fucking general admission line for people to get in, and he was, like, literally begging people to buy the DVD. It was fucking ridiculous. Like, I just... And I don't want to use cringeworthy again, but fuck, man, that was cringeworthy because, like, nobody was picking it up. It just, it was to the point, I was just watching the dude, you know, I'm sitting in my car and shit, just, you know, tailgating and shit. And I'm, I'm watching the dude, yeah. and I see, like, he's selling none of these these DVDs. And, you know, I'm just looking at it from his perspective. I'm like, yo, this dude's probably going to have, like, an anxiety attack because it, it's got to be awkward and shit walking down the line. Yo, you want to buy one of these? Nick Gage just came out. Nah, I'm good, dude. Next one, next one, next one. And then eventually down the middle of the line, he just, like, walked away and just kind of gave up. And, you know, if you've noticed, he's not at CCW anymore, really, other than Cage of Death, because obviously it's not really working yeah. out with, him with the CCW crowd. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, some people don't have any kind of pride, so it just is what it is as far as, like, peddling shit. Like, some yeah. people could just do that. You know, the people that, like, drive up in a Benz, take their fucking suit off into some bum clothes, and then go back on the side of the street. I mean, there's people that, that make a living off of that shit, you that's know? Um, <laughs> and, I mean, that's just, just a different type of person. But, like, they, they've they had all sorts of hidden camera shit where you see this dude park, like, a nice-ass car, get out in some dirty-ass yeah. clothes, pull some, like, cardboard sign out the trunk, hit his fucking that's alarm, <laughs> and go stand on the corner. That's crazy. It is crazy. I wonder... I wonder how many people gave change to homeless Jimmy when he's coming up down down Philly. That dude literally looks homeless, man. I said, I wonder how many Who? people offered him change, homeless Jimmy. Oh, that, that's not a gimmick, man. That dude looks homeless. Uh, he's very sad that I wasn't at the show. So, uh, yeah, he's very sad. It's upsetting. So yeah, I, I, I guess but, um, he doesn't listen to the show to know that there wasn't a chance in hell I was going. But I mean. Still oh fun. yeah, <laughs> I forgot he asked you why he didn't show up to the fucking shit. And and you know, for the listeners right now, man, I it's a bad sign when wrestlers are reaching out to fans saying, "Why weren't you at the show?" Like that, dude. If I was a wrestler, I would have <laughs> I way too much pride to ever send that message. Like, yo, dude, man, I miss you at the show. What happened? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, yo, you're supposed yeah. to be the wrestler. You're not I've never to... even met you before. <laughs> fucking weird, man. <laughs> fucking weird. He like seems like a nice guy. Like, I, I hate to be so negative. I hate to be so negative. He seems like a nice guy. It's fucking weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I said the same thing last month but, or last week or whenever the fuck I talked about this, I think, last week. And uh, yeah. I... I I, that's what I said. Same thing, man. He seemed like a really nice dude online and all this stuff, man. Like, like real nice. He seems to like animals and you know, like, I don't know, respectful enough dude. But yeah. I never met this dude. Anybody who I never met before to send me a message like they were really sorry that I wasn't there. Like, dude, something's fucked up that's going on. And you know, that's it's one thing man. if you know you're you're Whackpacker Hogan and you're at the show every month. And, you know, one of the guys that works the show every month doesn't see you, and then they hit you up, like, hey, man, where were you at? But, like, yeah. I had zero intention on going to that show. So, we're, why are you so upset? I mean, you could be hitting any fucking – you could go fucking message Donald Trump and tell him you're, you're upset with him not showing up because there was the same chance <laughs> of me showing up as there was fucking Donald Trump. Nah, man. I, I You know, honestly, I kind of felt bad for him because uh... – he didn't get much of a reaction, man, and I think some of it was due to the placement of the match because 
I think the match previous to that was um, the Wayne Murdoch and, and Masada match, which they fucking killed it. You're, you're going to love that match. Yeah. But, um, like, why would you put that match right before the main event, man? You're going to kill the crowd. And, you know, I, dude, I literally, I I told the crowd to wake the fuck up because it wasn't a bad match, and, it, and people were just, like, dying. You know what I mean? And, like, I just, it just it was horrible. I still, I, I don't see the draw again, you know, nice guy, all that stuff. But, dude, he's on the East Coast. He's only famous for a bump that happened 15 years ago. CZW didn't bring him back to Tournament of Death. After that yeah, bump XPW, for 15 though. fucking years. And, yeah, XPW, but that only held so much weight. And as far as the East Coast goes, most of that shit got bastardized off of what they did with coming in and trying to run uh, CZW out. So it was, yeah. they weren't, like, looked at highly like XPW. We love those guys. Like, when all that shit happened, it was like, fuck that shit. And, like... Uh, they caught, you know, they had some people who liked their stuff, you know, followed their DVDs and stuff like that. But there's not that many people that are like super loyal and loving to the memory of XPW. So I don't know if like he's got some kind of crazy following. Clearly not, you know, with a hundred yeah. people in the building and, and no reaction. So that's why I didn't really get it from the start. I'm not against someone bringing him in or something like that, but like main event, Matt Tremont versus homeless Jimmy, like, oh, all right. I mean, if that's what you want to do on the second week of football season, then fuck it. I mean, I, I don't know. Man, I honestly, I honestly didn't mind it. And um, I'm probably one of the few XPW fans, but um, you got to look yeah. at it from, from other, other fans' perspectives. Cause like, you know, you were like a day one guy pretty much with CZW. I'm not, you know, I, I was watching it pretty much from day one, but I, I wasn't attending shows like you were. But, you know, there's only right. so many of you left. There's only like, what, a handful of, of, you know, CZW originals that are at the shows. There's not that many sure, people. But... So a lot of those people that are, that are going to the show, they're not, they weren't invested in, in CZW to the point they're like, oh, fuck XPW. You know, those guys are probably, you know, 18-year-olds that maybe saw XPW on YouTube or something. You know what I mean? It's not people that mm-hmm. necessarily were watching XPW on WGTW when fucking, you know, Douglas was basically running that shit. They, don't, they, don't, they weren't watching right. that shit, dude. I don't think too many people, well, you know. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, you know, it, it kind of speaks to both sides, too, because, you know, when you see John Zandig versus Matt Tremont, that's old versus new in the Senate, and they drew 80 fucking people. And your homeless Jimmy, you talk about the XPW side of thing, and they drew 100 people. So, I mean, I, I don't really know that there's a huge following for either one of those things. I, I also think it should be promoted a million times better. I think that's one of their biggest problems is actual good promotion. Like, there's look, they, they have the Acid Cup thing lined up. They have all sorts of talent all over that fucking thing. They're, they're releasing posters to, like, each other in fucking IMs, but not to the fans. And then that leaks right. out because one of the guy gets hyped about it. You know what I mean? But it's like not even a month away. There hasn't been a single match actually announced for it. You got a bunch of talent. I don't know. Is the tournament complete? Is that all the people? Or there's still going to be more people? I don't, Dude, I don't I, know what's what going I don't know. There's a lot on. of people then, on like, there, man. Yeah. And then I saw um, the Hybrid Wrestling, which is a Brett Lauderdale production. That shit they announced and that's like i think october 29th or something so that's like a week later and they just announced the uh, human tornado versus pinky sanchez so i'm like well, all right you guys are announcing straight up matches for the hybrid deal but a couple weeks before that you got this big supposed to be huge acid cup that you're spending four or five grand on rent 
and you don't have a fucking lineup. So, I mean, how hard are they really trying to get people in those building in that building right now? Yeah. I mean, if they were, I guess, I guess this fucking, week it'll come out. No, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, they better, mine. Yeah, they better start, <laughs> man. I mean, it is, it is kind of like it's coming up. But I don't know, man. There's I so mean, many, like, people on that card that, like, me personally, I don't really even need a card to, like, go to the show because it's everybody on that on that on that card is pretty much decent. Some of the people I don't know, but um, I don't. Know, I think it'll be good either way. But yeah, I get what you're saying. You, they should probably have a card by now, but they're not even yeah, I mean, the people, so that's that's a problem. Yeah, I mean the thing is, like, if they wanted to really like blow the fucking roof off of shit and, and really, you know, just. Be cutthroat because, you know, a lot of what Danny DeMano does is fucking cutthroat. He's he's doing shit to try to bury CZW. That's been a constant. You know, he could play the other side and be like, no, we're just running shows. Bullshit. Like, it, it's all fucking super hate CZW style shit. And, you know, with him and Brett, both guys weren't allowed there. You know, and they, they did the Zandig thing. Zandig will say, you know, no, there there wasn't like a hate for CZW because on his side there wasn't. But those guys were clearly booking the fucking guy from old CZW to run up against CZW, you know? And, yeah. You know, so to do all of that, and, um, you know, there's there's been a bunch of different, you know, other other things that they're, they're being kind of cutthroat. I mean, which, you know, I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do to draw people in and kind of, I guess, worry about your company first. But so anyway, if they wanted to really go cutthroat and fuck everybody else and, we're going to do what we're going to do. Fucking first round, Homicide Teddy Hart. Damn. Fucking, you know, Joey Janela, B-Boy. Fucking right off the bat. Fucking dream matches. Shit people want to see again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just let the fucking promos fly. Let fucking Joey start in on B-Boy about, you know, what he's going to fucking do and how, how he's going to show him how washed up he is and this and that. Homicide cutting fucking promos, showing flashbacks to him stabbing Teddy Hart's face in the fucking Jersey All-Pro. And, I mean, get motherfuckers riled up. You know, let the yeah. tournament play out how it's going to play out. But you better get people riled up in that building. If you think you're just going to flash Trent Acid's face and go show up because we got all this talent, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. Hopefully, hopefully the show's happening because – when they announced it, man, I, I called it. I was like, dude, I don't even think this shit's happening. Because I, I knew how much it cost to rent out the, the arena. And I'm like, dude, I really, I don't know, man. With the talent they're going for, you're looking, I mean, I'm not a fucking promoter. I don't know shit about wrestling other than being a fan. But my guess would be that they're actually, you know, at least investing like a good 15 grand probably in the show. Mm. Are they going to make that back? That's the question. You know what I mean? So hopefully they, they it's still happening. But I don't know, man. But who else would you would you like to see in the in the tournament that's already not in there? Um, well, I mean, you had mentioned Dickinson. Dickinson's one of those guys. Leo Rush. I mean, yeah. you mentioned him. I mean, they got a they got a pretty fucking solid roster there. They really do. Um, I, I don't know. I think Callahan I mean, would be you know, nice. Yeah, Sammy would be great. The thing is, is you know. There's guys, too, where they should really, you know, they they got cashmere involved and all that, so it adds, you know, some more legitimacy in this and that. I don't think, I don't even know if he's booked to wrestle. Is he in the tournament? No, I don't think so. Okay, because I, 
you know, if he's in the tournament, I don't know. And, you know, they, they book Z-Bar. Again, this is more like nostalgia shit. But why not book a Devin Moore? A Devin Moore can fucking go, and he was fucking cool with Trent. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're picking these guys for name recognition to, to connect the dots to, to Trent. But in the same token, a guy like Devin Moore fucking loved Trent, and he's going to fucking work his ass off out there. Yeah. Ru- Ruckus is in, right? Uh yeah, Ruckus is in. Um, okay, Ruckus is a definite. Black Jesus is in, but Ruckus is no. Yeah. Yeah, you, you I know mean, what else they you can know, do? It's, it, I mean, since, since they apparently have some money to work with, I know the Briscoes are with with Ring of Honor, but they can still do shows because they were at Extreme Rising. As long as it's not mm-hmm. live and it's not an eye pay per view, they can be on the DVD because they ended up on the Extreme Rising DVD when they came against Blackout. Can you be Blackout. on on Periscope? <laughs> Probably not. That Larry Legend might because that's up, gonna but... be a hashtag fucking GCW yeah. on Periscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. But dude, I, I would like to see that, man. I would like to see the Briscoes kind of start doing some other shit other than just Ring of Honor. Because Ring of Honor, man. I mean, to be honest with you, I. I wasn't a huge Ring of Honor fan. Like I kept up with them somewhat, mm-hmm. but um, I really just caught up with like the, the the classics. Like you know, later on, I was um, after ECW, I pretty much just like transitioned to CZW, XPW, and 3PW, and uh, Jersey All Pro, yeah. and then not really anything else. Um, Pro Wrestling Unplugged was that the deal that uh, um, Cash was doing? Yeah. yeah, like, I, I watched some of those shows, but for the most part, it was just, like, you know, the basics. But uh, Ring of Honor, surprisingly, like, Evolve, I never got into, you know, Dragon Gate, I never got into Chikara, I hated. Um, yeah. So, like, it, I, I didn't really keep up with those shows, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just uh, I just hope this, car, this this thing is happening, but I would like to see Sammy Callahan in there. I think Callahan and uh, Chris Dickinson, if they had that match, I think, what were, what were they called, the United States uh, Death Machine? That yeah, was a yeah. Badass yeah, and you know that the thing too is, um, you know, with the uh, Ring of Honor. Just on a side note about that, like I got really into the early Ring of Honor. You know, I went to a whole bunch of shows. I wasn't like a monthly guy or anything. CZW was my monthly, but um, yeah, I went to a lot of early Ring of Honor shows. I saw a lot of awesome fucking things there. Like, yeah. I mean, just crazy shit. But um. For some reason now I can't watch Ring of Honor. Like I've I've legitimately tried and like like one show like I I got the, the pay per view or something and like just like falling asleep during the show. I don't know what it is. I was trying to figure it out on one show on whether because the show I tuned into they had a black mat, black ropes, black um like mats around the ring. Yeah. Um, like guardrail pads. Like everything was black and I don't know if it was that like I was legitimately trying to figure out if there was something that it was doing like visually like to my eyes that was kind of tuning me out because I just I couldn't get into it I'm like these are great fucking wrestlers in the ring and by the end of the match I was like eh, I don't give a fuck man it's crazy it's like Ring of Honor doesn't exist to me anymore and it's not like I have something against anyone there like it, it's the weirdest fucking thing like I have a complete mental block to Ring of Honor really mattering to me at all and uh, it's crazy because they do have a ton of talent there, and they've been one of the most effective as far as keeping their talent pretty fucking locked down. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd honestly agree with you because, you know, a lot of the times, um, 
it's kind of like TNA to me. Like TNA will have like a um, lot of good talent, and yeah. they'll they'll have like their guys go to you know House of Hardcore and do the same matches, and I can actually sit through those matches. TNA I can't watch it. Um, Ring of Honor is kind of like the same thing. A lot of those guys when they work other companies, I'm more invested in the matches. But when it's a Ring of Honor thing, like I, I DVR it, but I I never actually watch it. I end up deleting all of them. So and yeah. you know I'm, I'm like I'm like a Young Bucks fan. I, I love the Briscoes. Um, War Machine I like, you know, when even when AJ Styles and Adam Cole were going at it and guys like that, I still didn't tune in, you know, like the last Ring of Honor show that I went live was uh, when uh, New Japan came to the arena. It was like New Japan against um, Ring of Honor. I think it was like Clash of the Worlds or War of the Worlds, whatever the fuck it was, but that was the last one. I think it was, um, that was a great fucking card though, like going to the shows, you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. I should probably start watching this every week. And then you try yeah. and it's like, man, you know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, let's take a quick break. Um, play a track. Um, we'll talk about some other shit too. Um, but yeah, this is um, this is one of my favorite tracks of all time. I don't know. Uh, I guess we, you know, when we come back from this, we talk about you know your favorite hip hop tracks and whatnot. But this is one of my favorite of all time. Fucking slept on like a motherfucker. Bushwick Bill. Fucking ever so clear. Hey, this is what makes you feel like you know, um, you know. Um, See, most of my life I never had shit I felt like an outcast treated like a misfit Damn near didn't make it on my day of birth Thinking was I really supposed to be on this planet Earth I take a deep breath and then another follows Cause hard shit is kinda hard to swallow See it's rough being a loner Not knowing any given day and time I could wind up a goner See people got it bad from Jump Street And being short is just another strike against me I used to get funny looks cause I was small And trying to make it like running to a brick wall Given the odds I was up against broke The average nigga would have quit a long time ago But now I've got a record out I'm doing shows, people paying to see me turn it out Now I'm the spice around town It's funny how an album could change a nigga's life around I got friends and bitches on my dick But when they look at Richard, all they see is Bushwick Sometimes I don't know a friend from a foe And every different day it's a different fucking hope And now that my pockets are getting bigger I'm meeting hoes who only want to juice a nigga They tell me that they love me and all that But really they just wait for me to fall flat So they can get me for my income Take me for all I got and then some Like Trina you dig I fucked up and got too attached to the bitch's kid Knowing that she used to baby to use me Took him out my life mentally abusing me but as the time went by i got another slimmy and she was just like the first one screaming gimme but not in the exact same way she had a different type of game she likes to play her name was crystal she played the quiet type and for a little while shit seemed all right but just like the first whole homie when shit got hectic the bitch broke out on me and it's getting out of hand g Cause nobody seems to understand me 
reminiscing Got me feeling kind of low I broke out the Everclean Then I drunk some more Until it was all gone Now I'm looking for somebody To take my pain out on But not just anybody, G I'ma take that on Tamika Cause she's the closest to me Full of that Everclear And high in that Buddha Get to the house All I'm thinking about is shooting her Cause shooting her will be sweet But you know to be sweeter If I make her shoot me Call me crazy But that's what I'm thinking I'm tripping From all that smoking weed and drinking But I knew she wouldn't do it on her own So I provoked her Punched her Kicked and choked her Grab the gun, and at that time I wasn't thinking about no one. Damn near crazy, I went and grabbed the baby, held him by the door, and said I'ma throw his ass out, ho. She went to crying. Somebody stop him. I said you better grab the motherfucking gun or I'ma drop him. She snatched the baby out of my hands. We started fighting, punching, scratching, and biting. Well, we fell on the bed. Check this shit. All kinds of crazy shit was going through my head. I ran and got the gun and came back to her Loaded it up and handed the gas to her I grabbed the hand and placed the gun to my eye muscle She screamed stop and then we broke into another tussle Yo, during the fight the gun went off quick Damn, ah oh, shit, I'm hit Everybody's crying, could it be I'm dying? Bullet in my head, in the bed, I was lying. Where's Meek? I wanna tell her I love her with an IV in my arm. I took a picture for an album cover. Goddamn, this shit's a trip, G. Five different doctors with needles trying to stick me. I hear my family hollering, he needs us. During the confusion, man, I seen Jesus. My mom's on the phone, long distance from New York. Here comes the doctors again, trying to rip me apart. I got a monkey on my back, I can't shake this. I'm having suicidal thoughts, hoping that I don't make it. But I'ma make it, cause something steady urging me. Five hours passed, I made it through surgery. And the doctor said I wouldn't make it through the night. But God told me everything is gonna be alright. And I'm glad that I'm here, G. But it's fucked up, I had to lose an eye to see shit clearly. Oh man, I made it, I made it, and everyone gets to hear my story, I made it, but don't try this at your home, learn from my mistakes, kick the beat in, Beatle. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, man, I always love that track. And, um, I mean, it, it, it's a fucking true story. It's the crazy shit about that whole fucking deal. Um, yeah. The, the storytelling to it is, is insane. You just don't, you know, you get people making bird noises now. It's crazy. Yeah, that is true. The last line is the craziest part, saying uh, you have to lose an eye just to see things clearly. But, um, yeah. You know, I was... I was, you know, obviously you're you're a little older than me, so I didn't like necessarily grow up listening to the Ghetto Boys or anything. I'm I'm a fan of the Ghetto Boys, but um, like when I was yeah. a teenager, like you know, like Dipset and Rockefeller was like blasting off. So like Ghetto Boys was a little before my time, 
But um, mm-hmm. I did obviously, you know, catch up with him over time. But Bushwick Bill, yeah. man, he's a talented guy. Yeah, he, uh, he, he just he became kind of a gimmick because he was a little short motherfucker, you know, and all that. But uh, yeah, blind yeah, eye thing. His his little big man album, you know that that shit was tight, man. I still rock that shit. He had some some hard ass shit on that album, and like I said, that that shit is front to back fucking true, man. Like he got into the shit, he he has one fucking eye, like he lost the yeah. fucking eye. Yeah, like I shot in his fucking eye, and like that line he said, um. With an IV in my arm, I took a picture for an album cover. He did the Ghetto That's Boys true, We yeah. Can't Stop album. He, they're they're like around yeah, him in the hospital. Him in, yeah, him in the hospital. Shit is fucking crazy. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, yeah. man. I always just love that shit. I always um, you know, I was an NWA fan too, but I was way more of a Ghetto Boys fan. I always thought they were like ten times harder, and just like way more fucking like just grimy on shit. But yeah, um, I, I they, agree with that, man. They were, um, you know, I mean, NWA made a bigger impact and definitely, you know, got themselves noticed a lot more. But the Ghetto Boys, to me, were they were both breaking boundaries, you know, around the same time, and you know, they were they were crossing those lines where Luke was doing a crazy, you know, titties and pussy rap. They were doing like the fucking violence rap, you know, and they were really bringing that crazy shit, and you know. <laughs> those those uh the FCC was fucking up to their ears with you know dealing with all these motherfuckers. So Luke kind of took the brunt yeah. of a lot of it because he just you know with the titties and pussy and shit like he he really got a lot of the attention and uh, yeah you know they were able to get it going. Sure he's, he's still around. He's still around in Miami. I think he owns a couple of uh, strip clubs, which is right up his alley, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I've heard him on some shit. I forget what I heard him on, like, semi-recently. Uh, it wasn't Stern or anything, but, uh, shit, maybe Corolla or something. But, yeah, yeah, he's a wild dude. But uh, Now, let, let me ask you this. Since you're talking about, like, the NWA days and um, Ghetto Boys and shit like that, a um, little ahead of NWA, but uh, UGK, were you ever a big fan of them? No. No, not at all, really. Yeah, like, UGK was, uh, I think for Southern people, kind of underrated because um, I wasn't like, I, I can't say I'm like a huge fan or anything, but um, those guys definitely influenced mm-hmm. the South. Like, you know, the South has obviously taken over and ruined everything. No offense to that people down South, but yeah, it is what it is. They kind of ruined shit. Like, even Lil John. Yeah. Lil John was like right around when, when shit started going downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was a catchphrase rapper and, you know, I mean. Yeah, I you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of, of Southern rap. The Ghetto Boys just happened to jump out, and I got really into, um, you know, really it was Bushwick's first album. His, you know, after that, his, his, you know, following albums weren't that great. Um, the Ghetto Boys shit, you know, just continued to be great. And um, the fucking um, Scarface albums were just off the hook. So. Yeah, Scarface is definitely underrated, man. Um yeah, I think him. I, I, do you know that song with him and Freeway? Yeah, I don't remember the name offhand. Uh, yeah, that was like the last time I like I, I actually heard of Scarface. He hasn't. Um, he lost a ton of weight. I know that. But um, yeah, dude was was fucking underrated, man. His shit with uh, Beanie Siegel, like I thought they had really good vibes as far as doing collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Scarface was definitely like. Even now, I would say he's up there as, as probably the best lyricist coming out of South. Because, you know, down South, they're kind of, eh. 
Yeah, that uh, I don't know. It's a whole different you know vibe. The a lot of the rap just all over the place has just gotten to be fucking crazy. I mean, it's it, everything. The bird noises and all this shit. You know, I had talked about it last week, but this whole Meek Mill situation and. And I, I I can't fuck with him, man. I heard a couple of good tracks off the dude. You know, I, I like some shit that he did, but like, it's it's all over, man. It's just, it's just you can't. I, I mean, Drake's pretty much a gay dude. Like he was living, <laughs> him and Odell Beckham were living together. So you yeah. can't get like beaten some kind of battle rap by a gay dude and then just run around and keep battling people. It's just you. That's that's you're not allowed to do that shit. That's not. Yeah. You already you already took like the biggest L possible. Like it's, yeah, that, it's, that wasn't even the only know. one though. That wasn't even the only one. Right before that was Cassidy. I thought Cassidy. Kind yeah, of Cassidy him. smacked the shit out of him. And you mm-hmm. know, I, but you know, Cassidy like he flies under the radar because he is more street and Cassidy. The, the problem I have too, like with, with guys like Cassidy, that dude should be on top of the game. His creativity. And, you know, his lyrics are just fucking top-notch. And he just, like, he shows up like he's amped up for a minute, and then you just don't hear about him for, like, a year and a half. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, this dude is, is beating himself out of out of way bigger fame than he got, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think his albums are that great either, but he clearly has the lyrical ability to stand up top with these cats, and he just kind of falls back. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a big fan of Cassidy, obviously, you know, but being from Philly, like, all the mixtapes were out here. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, back then, like, DJ K. Slay would put out a mixtape. Uh, what, what was that fat white dude? Big Mike. He would put out tapes. You know, yeah. Blue, Envy, all all those guys were putting out tapes every week. So, you know, I, I would get all the tapes and shit. And um, he was he was one of the guys that, you know, I was, I was very much looking forward to every time when he did the freestyles. And, you know, whether it was, you know, Hot 97 or Power 99, he would kill it, but his fucking albums, they weren't, like, garbage, but it wasn't his style. Like, he was he was a mixtape guy, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. he, even when he went to jail and came back, like, I thought he completely fell off. Like, his his punchlines weren't as crisp, and just overall, punchlines kind of got old, you know, over the years. Like, it was cool, like, in the early 2000s, when, when he was doing it, like, you'd be like, oh, that shit is fucking crazy. But, you know, once he <laughs> left and came back, it was just, it was kind of over with. I think he's still For putting me, out anyway. freestyles that are off the fucking charts. Um, like some of the shit he did recently, I, I, I saw some stuff. I don't know what fucking stage he was on or where he was on, what remote location yeah. he's fucking rhyming from. But the shit was hot, but then it was like, that's it. That's, that's all you're going to hear. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. He just doesn't stay relevant that way. So even when he beats the shit out of somebody on some rhymes, like, he's not going to stay around. So it's like, you know, getting getting, like, beat up by an out-of-towner that's not going to be back until next year. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, people will talk about it for a week, but you ain't going to see the guy around anymore, so it's all good. Yeah, so basically you're saying that Cassidy is, like, the Arcadia of, of mixtape rap. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's pretty decent, but he disappears. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, I like Cassidy a lot more. Like, I'm, you know... I really, really like his shit. His mixtapes, his freestyles, his battle raps, and then I get yeah. pissed off because he just disappears. You know, he's more like the John yeah. Zandig of uh, yeah, <laughs> of mixtapes. And he, like he shows up he, and he jumps did. off a roof, and then you don't <laughs> see him. Yeah, well, Cassidy did take a bigger bump with a car crash, though. Yeah, yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, yeah man, and is it, like I said, the Meek Mill beef, I, I just didn't think his rhymes were that hot. He used the fucking Harold and Kane at the light fucking rhyme that everybody, including Game, has used, like, fucking ten years ago. That same fucking line about Harold and Kane at the light. That shit is not fucking original. And then the, the bird yeah. noise, man, the, the, the in the back, that shit is not <laughs> cool, man. I work with peacocks. I don't think any one of them are gangsters. I, I, they're, it's fucking crazy. I don't know when that yeah. shit became hard. That shit's not yeah, cool. I don't know, man. But um, let, let me say this about the whole Meek Mill situation, because I, I was a big Meek Mill fan until he pretty much uh-huh. actually got signed. I, I think he kind of, like, fell off, as they all do, naturally. Um, but the whole thing that I don't respect about what, what happened with Meek is, like, don't you know how Beanie Siegel got involved, right? Yeah, I I guess it turned out that like he he was ghostwriting, and then he came out and said that he was ghostwriting, and uh, which I I'd expect the rounds would be better if he was ghostwriting, but um, and then he got punched in the face. Yeah, well, well the fucked up thing is, all right. So the guy in the beginning of this song is is O'Malley. He is he's his cousin. The guy's not a fucking rapper. So I guess Beanie Siegel was writing for that guy, which is, like you said, it's, it's fucking sad. Cause, hey, let's, let's get it straight. Beanie Siegel wasn't writing for uh, Meek. He was writing for O'Malley. But that shit oh, was yeah. fucking garbage. And, like, that coming out of Siegel, after Siegel got shot, he should probably retire, man, because it's, it's, it's over with, you know. And once again, I'm from Philly. I'm a big, you know, state property fan. Fucking, you know, love those guys when they put out the, the, the tapes and, and their two albums that came out. But it's, it's, it's over with, man. He's not the same guy. He lost a long... You know, he's an older guy now. You know, he's not the same. The guy's been fucking sipping syrup for, you know, since the 90s. You know, he's he's like a, he's, he's almost like a five seconds from a fucking stroke. Dude's gone. But the thing that <laughs> I right. don't respect about Meek Mill is that, you know, no matter what, that guy paved the way for him. And that dude is a Philly legend. You know what I mean? Like, anytime he goes yeah. to TLA, he's going to sell that shit out. No matter what, Meek was a fan of that dude. And, you know, if they have issues, I understand that. But have him knocked out. And, and it was a sucker punch. It wasn't like it was a fair fight or anything. Dude came out of nowhere right. and fucking and, and rocked him. And to do that in front of his kid and and his, his, his uh, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or if he's married. I'm pretty sure he's married. In front of his wife, I think that's taken it to a whole other level. And, you know, with game saying he came out to to, to Philly get get cheesesteaks, Apparently, he went to Geno's, which is, you know, like a tourist location. So, you know, it's 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 not gangster or anything to go to fucking Geno's and, you know, claim you came to Philly in his, in his hometown. It's it's a tourist location, man. It's down South Philly. It's not a, you know, you're not going down Erie Avenue, which uh, he claimed he went down Erie Avenue. You know, you're not from Philly, so I don't, I don't know if you know where Erie Avenue was, but that, that place nah. is a fucking jungle. That shit is like, <laughs> I don't even drive through that shit. You know, Erie Avenue is, is where basically that cheesesteak spot is. <laughs> that uh, Game had in his video. But the whole thing is, like, they found out that Game basically put up fake footage. Like, it was somebody else's footage, and he just voiceovered it. So he made it look like he went to, to Erie Avenue to go to that cheesesteak spot, but it was somebody else's footage that he got off Instagram, which I thought was corny, you know, for Game to do that. But um, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of corny shit with, with him doing this. And I, I just didn't respect me getting him sucker punched in front of his family. He's an older guy. Yeah. He just got shot. Just, uh, just lost a lung. I don't know. It's just kind of shitty, but uh, game fucking yeah, killed well, him, man. On that, on that ninety-two yeah. bars and that uh, Owl remix, that shit fucking killed him. On that, I can't, I can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It was that, you know, that's the thing. I talked about it a while back. You know, I haven't touched on that for a minute, but 
I mean, it, it comes down to a lot. It's crazy shit because I love battle rap. It's probably one of my favorite, you know, types of rap is like when cats yeah. just really go at each other. Like it hypes me to fuck up, man, because the, the amount of like creativity that has to come out for you to beat the other guy lyrically, you know, I, I, I think that it's a whole art to it. But obviously it translates to actual money and then that translates to real life because like if you actually lose respect in the places you're at because of what the other dude said then this shit turns into like real life and like shit that affects you you know monetarily and just respect wise and shit and that's when it becomes like a physical thing or i need to go get him so i can show him i can't outwrap him so now i gotta go shoot this motherfucker's uncle you know what i mean like It, it just it, it's hard because it, it's so hard to coexist, you know. With okay, we can have this battle rap and we could do this and this, and then you got to go home. And then if people don't respect you, well, either way you look at it, the shit can't just end there. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's kind of a catch twenty two because it sells, but someone's losing out in the end on a higher level, and the shit can't really exist. You know, I mean, <laughs> they even got that shit. You know, the little. Um, you know, the rap battles and shit, you know, you'll see everything's going good and stuff, and every once in a while, dude, just fucking come across and <laughs> knock the shit out of the other dude, because you hit a nerve yeah. or some shit, or brawls, you know, bust off in the crowd, because, you know, this crew is talking shit on that crew, and, I mean, it just, you know, turns into too much real shit, I, I don't know if there's, like, a solution for it, because there's always going to be that respect level that's lost or, you know, changed, so... I enjoy it as a fan, but I know that it shit gets dangerous. And, and you know what? Like, once again, you know, being from Philly, like, I, I know Meek was a street dude. Like, that's, you know, he's not necessarily a kid. Maybe, you know, he wasn't like, dude probably doesn't have any bodies or anything like that. But I know I know the area that he's from. You know, he's he's still he's still got, like, respect over it. He's not the type of guy that can't come back to Philly. You know what I mean? So I know he right. has a lot of people that would ride for him in Philly. So, like, and, you know, same with Game. Game, you know, has California probably on lockdown by now after, like, you know, 10 years. But it just right. it's, it's one of those beefs where, like, both guys aren't really necessarily a gimmick. And then there's too many people that are involved that are, like, you know, still living in the hood. It's not like, you know, those guys aren't out. That guy that knocked out Beanie Siegel, that dude, is a, he still lives in South Philly. You know what I mean? That dude's yeah. not on, on the tour bus. That dude, he literally, you know, he's still hanging out on the fucking corners and shit. That dude's not, he's not a rapper. You know what I mean? So a lot of these right. times, I think, like, it's it's not necessarily the, the guys that got the, you know, initial reaction. It's not going to be meek or game. It's the dudes that are around them. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that get oh, yeah. shot up. So, like, yeah. Yeah. is it the smartest thing to do? Probably not. Is it entertaining? Yeah, I'm I'm entertained. But it's one of those things, sure. man. I don't know. It's, it it kind of reminds me of, like, the whole BBC one Jadakiss thing. Because, like, once again, those guys, like, you know, they were both like had connections in the streets and had family and you know people that still lived in the hood and and shit goes down. Philly and New York is is what two hour drive, two and a half hour drive. They're going to be in Hot ninety seven. You know, when when state property comes up there, it's going to be issues. You know, the Locks and Rough Riders they come down Philly and do shows. They got to be on Power ninety nine. It's it's a it's a constant thing, you know. And game coming down Philly like that's fucking stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, a game's an antagonist, you know? He's really like a, I'll come and show you yeah. what the fuck's going on. Like, the shit that went on with him in, in uh, 50, I mean, it was the same type of wild shit, you know? I, I think yeah. he'll take a, you seen the uh, the picture he took with uh, 
with Nicki Minaj, and then he put up like you know this is the last time she was she was with a real motherfucker yeah. right here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean they're trying to hit nerves, and if it means like taking fucking selfies on your porch, <laughs> that's what the fuck they're gonna try to do. I mean, it's it's wild shit, but it, that's that's kind of the game. No pun intended. Yeah. I just I just don't understand because if I was you know I'm just personally speaking if I'm a millionaire. It's not worth the risk for me because I know 90% of his friends are, are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. on the tour bus, and those guys are going to try to make a name for themselves. So if you're going to go to Philly, you know, if somebody sees you that knows Meek, they might do something, do that, you know, do that five years short or whatever, thinking that they're going to come back home, and Meek's going to have loyalty to them. He's going to, you know, give them money and shit. So people are willing to risk that. You know what I mean? There's people killing out there mm-hmm. for, you know, fucking 200 bucks. You think they won't do it for a, for a world star moment? Of course they will. You know, so I, yeah, I, I mean, would I, I do it? No, it's it's fucking retarded to me. But yeah, I mean, there was that whole shit that went down with Biggie and Pac, and uh, you know, I, right. I don't know if you saw that that uh, murder rap, um, that documentary that came out like last year. Um, it, yeah, it you made sure a lot of sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It made a lot of sense, and I uh, watched that shit going like, man, damn this. You know, some deep shit going on with this this one plotted against that one and this one this and you know and it yeah most of those dudes are dead <laughs> there's like one dude that was yeah. involved in that shit that's alive and i don't know how long he's got to go so but yeah, yeah it's, it's wild shit man it just comes off of music so yeah, again entertaining yeah. but fuck man. yeah and honestly i i actually lost a lot of respect for uh beanie siegel because um you know he's always kind of like a stand-up dude you know from which you would think, but um, in this whole situation, he kind of backed down, man. It was like he came out of nowhere in this game, and obviously he had a good relationship with game. He didn't have to do that. I think he just he kind of right. just jumped a gun and you know jumped in there to kind of you know fit in with the fucking the newer generation and, and get his name back up since he got shot. Nobody's talking about him, but um, you know to come out there and and say those lyrics and say that you didn't know that it was a diss record. It's like come on, he said he said I'll be on the plane in three hours, saying that L.A. is three hours flight from Philly. Who's in LA? Right. Obviously, you're talking about game. You know what I mean? You're not, like, if you're going to say something, and let's stick to it. It's, this is We're not talking about, you know, like, Prodigy of Mop Deep, the guy that got robbed every fucking month. This is Beanie Siegel. This right. is the guy that, you know, was known for, for knocking people out at the studios and shit for stepping on the sneaks and shit. So, like, if you have that reputation, you know, don't, don't come out there and say something on the record and say, oh, I had no idea that was a diss record. I was just out there doing my job writing a song for them and I jumped on there and I just said two lines not knowing the song was about you. You clearly knew the song was about game. And, right. I don't know. That, that, was, that was kind of like a bitch move for me. And from a lot of these kind dudes of ain't that smart. You know, I yeah. mean, if there's one guy in the fucking rap business that you'd want to keep a good fucking relationship with, if you were close to, it'd probably be Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z. And that was the yep. dude that was, you know, that was... Like fucking bringing him in, like yo, this is my fucking right hand dude, and then next yep. thing you know, that shit is he's burning that bridge. Like, all right, motherfucker, how's that working out? I mean, Jay Z's, uh, you know, a fucking billionaire. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. I w- I would keep shit cool with that dude. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people shit on Jay Z and, and say what you will about him. The guy gave Siegel a lot of opportunities. You know, Siegel goes out yeah. there and says he got robbed and. Like, dude, he, Beanie Siegel had his own clothing line. He had his own movies. He had his own label. He had his own cartoons. He had fucking state property cartoons. 
Like, yo, he just gave yeah. you four different outlets to make money and music, obviously. So that's five. If if you can make money and and stay relevant after five, you know, outlets being handed to you, that's your own issue. You know, what I mean, if you forgot to do your taxes and you got to go to jail for three years and he's not, you know, putting money on your books and and sending you mail. It's not his job. The dude's a fucking, you know, billionaire. He's got 20 businesses running. If you can't keep up, you can't expect them to stay down with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just like simple business codes that if, you know, if you want to be a billionaire, you kind of got to be a dick and just move on. You can't just stay around. And but like a lot of these rappers, like, you know, a lot of them are street dudes. And, and if you can't, you know, live a legal life while he's moving up, he probably shouldn't be on the tour bus with the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he's if he's giving you the opportunity to be his manager and not sell crack or fucking rob people or whatever the case may be, and you're still doing that shit on the side, if you're getting the money and you're going out there buying, you know, fucking pounds of cocaine and putting it back in the streets and trying to make money off of that, if you can't transition from the street life down to legal life and, you know, kind of launder your money and, and wipe your hands clean and, you know, thank God you didn't go to fucking jail over it, if you can't transition from that to that, if I was a rapper, I'd leave you behind. Because you know what I mean? you got to keep up. You can't. And same with Siegel. He couldn't keep up with Jay. That's just what it is. No. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy shit, man. But, yeah, rap game for the most part is uh is pretty garbage, you know, from what I see. Most of the yeah, time of I, I've been listening to 90s rap. And, uh, yeah, my playlist is heavy, man. So, but, you know. Yeah, definitely. There, there's an, an occasional good shit that comes out. But um yeah I mean I guess we'll get back to this uh this Jersey All Pro show real quick because we didn't finish running down these matches but we got the two uh, light heavyweight um qualifying matches for the best of the light heavyweight match on the anniversary show uh you got Reefer Damano Janela and Azriel is one four away which you know I mean I I don't know how many times I can go back in on Damano so I I can't go too <laughs> crazy but I mean yeah. it's just Come on, man. He's a light heavyweight It'll be a good now. match, though. Yeah, well, he's lost. I mean, yeah. It'll be a good match, though, man. Grimory for Azrael and Janela. Uh, they'll, they'll kill it. Yeah. And DeMonto, you know, he's, it's not like he's garbage. He's just whatever. He's, he'll be a body in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, until he goes over, and then that's just going to upset him. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> nah, dude, I, I think Janela got that. I don't think he's going over. Yeah, I would. That's got to be Janela. I would hope one of those. Yeah. Um, and then you got Indigo, uh, who was uh, deranged before. Yeah. Indigo Child, I think his name is now. Yeah, um, Indigo Go Child or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, him versus Pinky Sanchez versus Smiley versus Dixie returning in the other four way. So I think that one will be really good too. I'm really big on yeah. Smiley. A lot of people uh, maybe aren't. I, I think he's a little underrated because um, he's, he's an innovative dude. He might not be, you know, fucking Teddy Hart or, uh, you know, Will Ospreay or some shit, but I, I think yeah. he's a really innovative dude, and he really goes above and beyond to try to entertain out there. And that's the thing that I like about him. He's one of those, like when CZW, you know, got, got going – and they had some of their young dudes, their, their Rick Blades and their those type of – that dude was willing to jump off a 25-foot balcony and do a fucking right. swanton. You know, that was that was what made that, you know. Um, 
and, and everybody had their different styles, but some of those guys, they, they were just so willing to do. And that's what made like a Chris Cash. That's what made Chris Cash what he was as far as, you know, his respect level over time. A, a bunch of people liked him personally. So there's that. But beyond that, what Chris Cash was willing to do was he was just, he wasn't the best wrestler in the world. He wasn't the best deathmatch guy. He wasn't the best anything. But his fucking, like, his passion for that shit when he went out there, it's like there wasn't anywhere else he'd rather be. So, you know, you want that type of guy on your roster who's just fucking all about being there. And that's I, I, that's kind of what I get out of Smiley. I mean, I don't know if I'm overhyping him, but I think uh, that dude just really goes above and beyond to try to innovate and make the match different. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a House of Glory guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've seen him live like three or four times, and every time he's had a good match. Um, I never kept up with like HOG or anything like that, so I'm not that familiar with him. But at the GCW shows he's been at, the Jersey All Pros, he's always killed it. He's a good, he's a good yeah. dude, man. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to him being in the Acid Cup and obviously the Jersey All Pro show. But yeah, he's on the radio. Yeah, that's all I've seen him. of him. Yeah, that's all I've seen of him, and yeah, I definitely think he's uh, CCW should use him. Because he'd be, he'd be valuable for that type of shit. And then um, the other dude that he wrestled, um, Marquise or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, oh yeah, that I dude that match. is. Yeah, that was that was really good at, at GCW. Um, but um, he's got a tag team partner. I really I'm not familiar with that, but they're called the Private Party, and uh, they're going to be up against Kyle the Beast and Arcadia. So there should be you know. Okay. Another pretty good match. I mean, a lot of talent in there. So, um, yeah. So yeah, you, you got that. Um, you got G's versus Steve Scott for the uh, light right. heavyweight title. So yeah, I, I think that's going to be good too. And and Alicia is going to be back in the ring for the first time in a long time. Uh, oh, dude, that's, that's that's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. See, that that was that was my crush, man. I, I fuck with Alicia hard, man. She's like. Oh, I, I like short, thick, you know. That's like right up my alley. And uh, the the chick she's wrestling is uh, Diana Peruzu. Oh, fuck, man, I'm sure I completely smashed her name, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I've heard some good things about her um, that she can really work, and um, so I don't know. We're looking forward to see what you know what that turned out like. Um, I'm, I didn't even mention it, but I'm shooting this this show, um, you know, this show and the anniversary show. So I'm extremely, nice. extremely excited, you know, to be fucking ringside doing that thing. You know, it's again, not something I'm looking to do all the time, but you know, I do get the opportunity to do it at Jersey all pro and, and I have a ball doing it. And, uh, it's an honor, man. I mean, the Jersey all pro has been a staple of the Northeast indie scene for fucking close to 20 years. So, you know, to, to be able to do that type of thing, man, is it, it's so awesome to me. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm gonna you know capture as much of the shit as I can. There's some other talented photographers out there too. So if I fuck up, there's a couple others you can catch up with. Snapmare and uh, Scott Finkelstein and shit. So, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if you saw um because I I haven't watched Raw. I haven't watched WWE. Even at the pay per view on Sunday, I didn't watch. Uh, Fuck, I was watching something else instead. Or no, what I was doing, I was playing a fucking Star Wars Battlefront because they had like a double XP weekend. I ain't played that shit in a couple months. And uh, I'm really trying to get my level up on that. So, um, 
Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched any WWE for like a week and a half. But I, I hadn't watched that, but I have been like trying to pop into Raw or search on my DVR to find like their, their cruiserweight matches on on Mondays. Yeah. And uh, I watched the um, the one with, with Gulak. It was, what was it? Gulak and uh, Lince Dorado versus uh, Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. So that, that was good shit. And it was awesome to see fucking Drew Gulak on Raw. You know, and then not even just like like they used to do, you know, WCW, you'd see like an indie guy show up and be like, oh, look. And they'd like put his name on the screen real quick. And he like, right. didn't have an entrance. Like this dude, like they did like a package on him where, the, the, you know, they showed it like the, the backstage segment where he's like, oh, I'm Drew Gulak. I'm from Philly and da, 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 da. And like gave like a rundown about his personality and shit. Yeah, I mean, like they talked him up. It was dope, yeah. man. I, it's really cool to see these guys, you know, showing up on the on the fucking TV, man. And uh, yeah. they just, uh, I think Tony Nese is signed too, because I saw earlier a picture of him on the, the roster. So it's a good thing that DJ, you know, put Brittany Blake over him while he had the chance because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not every day that you get to do that. So Once in a lifetime, man. Yeah, man. And now she'll be a huge star like any minute. Now, let, let, let me say this real quick about let me say this real quick about Gulak because maybe I missed it, but uh, you know, obviously, like like both you and I, you know, fairly well, you're not you anymore so much, but went to the CZW shows and like you saw Gulak pretty much on a monthly basis. Um, yeah, it's fucking surreal to see him on TV because like that's a guy <laughs> like you literally you, you would see him every fucking month. But the only problem yeah. that I had with it was like we never got like a formal goodbye or anything in CZW or like the last match, you know what I mean? He just kind of disappeared. I don't think that he's actually like gone, gone. I don't think he's like full-time signed. Um, I think like he's got like kind of like a working relationship with them and and I think he's still allowed to do some shit because I, I saw Rory posting something like the amazing Gulaks are taking bookings. So I, I don't oh, think okay. that he's done, done. I think he's on like a you know, we'll use you all the times we need you, but I don't know if he's got any right. long-term contract signing yet. Um, I think they're kind of playing loose with these these cruiserweight guys where they can use them and they can put them on their roster and all of that shit, but I think contract-wise, they're not quite as locked down just yet. Um, I could be wrong on, like, some of them. Maybe they have full-time contracts, but, um, like, Swan's been signed for a while, but... Um, yeah. Another guy, yeah, I don't Month in and month out weird yeah yeah um but I, I think that's the deal with gulak and i don't think i think especially with that cruiserweight classic thing i don't think any of those fucking guys knew if they were getting contracts or not and there was negotiations going on throughout that whole fucking tournament and that's from what i heard the reason why abushi didn't go to even the finals because they knew they weren't going to be able to sign him like they could not come yeah. to terms on a contract they wanted to sign him and they couldn't sign him I mean, I imagine there's a pretty big negotiation side on, like, not only, like, you work for our company, but, like, you move to another country. I mean, that, that's got to be a pretty hard selling point. But you know what? And, and I saw a lot of people complaining about, oh, why I wasn't uh, Zach Sabre and, and, and fucking um, Ibushi in the finals. And it's like, dude, well, you know, what they did make, made sense because 
obviously they're not going to put guys that aren't getting signed in their finals just to put those guys over. Right. They're going to use the guys that are getting signed. So, once again, wrestling fans, I don't, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but they did what they did because it makes sense. You know, they have to invest in guys they sign. So, uh, I didn't really have a problem with that. But, yeah, it's it's cool, man. I mean, I, I'd like to see him back at least right before he actually probably gets signed and then signs a contract. At least do one last match um, in season okay. W. Because I know he's kind of like, it seems like he's more invested in, in Evolve now, which is kind of like a shame. I like to see him on Evolve. I don't really watch it myself. But um, I know it has ties with WWE, so obviously it looks good on his resume. But, um, yeah. you know, he's a CZW guy, you know, and I kind of feel like sure. know, he's kind of just stepped back away from, from CZW for the past couple of months. But you got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, you know, he is a wrestler, and WWE is where you want to be if you want to make a living. So Yeah. I mean, he's made a lot of big, big moves, man. He, he came from yeah. being, you know, just a CZW student to one of the head trainers at a Takara school still which is, you know, something yeah. obviously that will have to change if, uh, you know, he's getting signed. But, like, you know, yeah, having a big part in Evolve, doing some things over there, getting, you know, getting bookings all over the place, all over the world. And then, like I said, one of the head trainers of a, a school. And, um, yeah, getting getting noticed enough in the, uh, you know, Cruiserweight Classic, which is, I think, a bigger accomplishment on him than even like a maybe like a uh, I don't even want to say Rich Swan. Swan's got a ton of like charisma and everything else, so he has kind of the whole yeah. package. But um, you know, some of these guys uh, they get in there and, and not to shit on them, but just pure athleticism, like you know, fucking three sixty backflips and shit like that. Where Gulak's not one of those guys. He's using a lot of pure wrestling and stuff. So I think it's a little bit harder to break through for a guy like Gulak, you know. Yeah, I think him, him and Zack Sabre, they're kind of similar, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're that's both like Matt wrestlers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's got to be really difficult, you know. And he's not like a huge jacked up dude, which you know, again, right. The the, the landscape has really changed with the WWE. People, they they did the same thing. You know, the fans have done the same thing over the years. Oh, they signed them, but they're not going to use them right. Enough with that shit already. I mean, you, when you got main events on pay-per-views that are headlined by the guys you're talking about, shut the fuck up. They're using them yeah, better than the indies yeah. were. You know? Yeah. Well, DJ yeah, those Hyde are done, was man. using them right. Gabe Sapolsky yeah, was using them right. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, they're they're yeah, giving these days of, days of way too much credit. Done, yeah, the days of Orton and Cena is is done. They noticed that they need a new generation of of stars, quote unquote stars, to to take over. Uh-huh. And um, now they've noticed, like you know, say what you will about independent wrestling. Like right now, more people know about PWG and fucking Ring of Honor and New Japan than they did you know ten years ago. So like the crowd yeah. is smarter. You know, you look at you look at when AJ Styles came out. AJ Styles. I think more people probably knew him from New Japan than TNA. But when he came out at the Rumble, people knew who the fuck he was. A lot of people yeah. thought that he wasn't going to get a pop, and people were just going to be like, oh, who the fuck is that guy? I don't know who that is. But when he came out, people knew who AJ Styles was. Look at Nakamura. You think you think these WWE NXT people, uh, you think they fucking watched New Japan? Obviously, because as soon as he came in, he got a huge pop. So I think the crowds yeah. are different. You know, they, They're smarter. They're, they got access to daily motion and YouTube, all the footage is being uploaded there. So people are smarter. They know what's going on. They know about the bullet club, you know, 
I'm not particularly like the biggest Bullet Club fan, but it is yeah. what it is. People are up to date with this stuff, you know what I mean? So yeah. they notice that, and, and they're the good thing, at feeling that, you know what I mean? And and especially, you know, they've, they've used NXT as kind of their, um, you know, their launching pad for, like, their own indie product. And, you know, when you sit yeah. there and you watch fucking Nakamura versus what was El Generico, and it's a first-time ever match, it's being done under the WWE's fucking, you know, under their fucking banner. They're That's getting crazy. fucking, like, WrestleMania-caliber fucking entrances, and... You know what I mean? And they're tearing the fucking yeah. house down like a dream match. I mean, you get fucking chills watching that shit. It's like, dude, shut yeah. up with the not using right. This is the fucking shit, man. This is this is what we all hoped for. It's happening. Yeah. Even dude, even even yeah. Kevin Steen. Like nobody honestly, dude, you think people thought Kevin Steen was gonna be champion? Fuck no. like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's happening. No, he spent the really most of happened. his career looking like Chaz Bono. How the fuck right. did he fit in the WWE model? You know? Right. I mean he, he he you know, he can wrestle and he he's got, you know, great charisma and he, he knows how to play like the dickhead character fucking better than most. But yeah, he, he yeah. looks like a fucking Chaz Bono clone for the majority of his fucking career. Yeah. Dude, I think I think CM Punk obviously contributed, but Daniel Bryan. I think after Daniel Bryan, they were like, okay, we're gonna have to switch gears because like the crowd doesn't give a shit about body size. They want to watch actual wrestling now. Like the in-ring work actually matters now. It's not just promos. It's not backstage. Sex. They want to see wrestling. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, ever I since agree. then they kind of you know they they switched it around and they were like, all right, well. Generico yeah. guy, he's, he's pretty fucking dope when he's on the NDs. He's doing all these crazy moves. I think they'll connect with them. They, they saw Steen. They saw that he's fucking charismatic as fuck. I mean, him and him and Chris Jericho, dude, they're doing like the best shit on Raw. You know? Only yeah. and, and Jericho, think, like fucking crazy. Yeah, I think to your point, I, I agree with you that Daniel Bryan brought that, you know, awareness of the wrestling, uh, the need for yeah. wrestling and and, you know, the, the the fans want for wrestling. I think CM Punk, what he did is he, he brought the awareness that there was value on the indies, um, right. you know, more so, you know, because he, he was able to play a character better than anybody in that fucking locker room. Like, he came on and just portrayed a heel better than anyone was doing. He got on the mic and captivated the fucking crowd better than anyone was doing. They were all doing the... You know, hey, welcome to welcome to New York. I love New York. And then the heel come out, fuck New York. Oh, boo. Right. You know, like, well, CM Punk actually hit some nerves and was, like, going in on people and was like, oh, shit, you know. And it was like, wait, yeah. this guy came off the indies and he just gets it. He knows how to captivate an audience. And I think from there, you know, yeah, it opened the doors to get Daniel Bryan. And, and Daniel Bryan opened that fucking door wide open for physicality and wrestling definitely but yeah it's, it's like a cooperative effort that like it's it's gone from one guy to the next guy to the next guy and it's evolved into this you know this yeah. you know, what and, we're getting now yeah and, and speaking of punk and and him you know hitting hitting the nerve with the crowd like you look at this guy in iwa dude he was doing the same shit on a much smaller mm-hmm. scale obviously but he was he was pissing yeah. off the crowd back then you know what i mean and that's how they can see like this, the little things on the indies work. So like, it's it, they're like lab rats, you know what I mean? On the indies, like PWG. That's why William Regal goes to these fucking shows at PWG. Yeah. He looks at him and he's like, "All right, well, we don't have to invest in this company. They're doing it, but I can just 
scout for talent and pick whoever I want, watch their mistakes and see who, who has charisma, who I can invest in, and that's what they do. You know what I mean? And, and then the next level is NXT, and then it's Raw. But um, I think yeah. wrestling hasn't been better in the last, like, dude, like probably decade, maybe since since 2000. Right. So, like, I don't know what the fuck people are bitching about. So, like, I, I don't know, man. We got AJ Styles as, as a champion, and we got fucking Kevin Steen as a champion. I don't know. If, if you're an indie wrestling fan right. and you're bitching, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what else you want. This is, this is it. Yeah. It's happened. The first pr- time I, I learned, you know, how good CM Punk was as far as, you know, captivating the audience and, and going through on a gimmick was – um, I you know I saw a bunch of his matches and a bunch of things he did or whatever, but in Ring of Honor when he had his feud with Raven, that and I got oh, yeah, to yeah. be part of that live too. I was like, holy shit! Nice. Raven was a guy who I had no interest in seeing anymore, but he had still that that aura of what he did in ECW and WCW and everything else. Yeah. So it was like, all right, what's this guy got left type of deal? And CM Punk dragged this feud out of him, and you know obviously it's a collaborative effort, but. The two of them really brought like emotion out of each other, where you fucking you bought in, and um, yeah, I, I, you know you can clearly see value in that guy coming off of that. And I'm sure the WWE watched that footage over and over before they fucking brought him on. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, so what else? I think that's um, that's it as far as the Jersey All Pro. Um, oh, uh, well, I mentioned Jakara before. I might as well mention. Um, this weekend, uh, this past weekend, I lost my bet to Kimberly, uh, her, her Seahawks beat the shit out of my 49ers. And, uh, we had a bet that loser runs five miles. So after the, uh, after last week's game, I had to run five miles and I, I, I threw in like six and a quarter just cause I'm a good sport. And sometimes when I get going, I, I accomplish more than I planned on. Uh, I honestly wouldn't have ran a single fucking mile if we didn't lose that game. But, you know, once I start going, you know, yeah. it's what it is. But uh, good times. Uh, we're already set for a rematch. And uh, we play the Seahawks the last game of the season, which happens to be on fucking New Year's Day. So uh, the chances of it being fucking cold are pretty high. So I'm hoping my Niners improve by then. And um, she's running the five miles. So. Yeah, that would suck, dude. You got that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've done worse. I I ran a a 5K in that blizzard that we had last year. So, uh, oh, fuck you know. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I challenged myself to all sorts of nonsense. So, you know, what can you do? But, um, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I you know, I, I we've covered two hours. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, we could do this shit anytime, man. I have a ball talking to you. It's, it's, it takes pretty much no preparation. You just pretty much roll and, and talk. Like you said, we, we got to do another one, uh, you know, talking about some Howard Stern stuff because, yeah, sure. you know, common interest. So anytime, you know, on your forum or whatever you want to do, um, I'm I'm 100% down. And then uh, Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. Uh, check out the sports den. You know they're probably uh, still talking. Whenever I end the show, they're talking for another three hours. So I mean, they cover Jesus. every fucking <laughs> stitch of the baseball. They, uh, they, they, uh, they, they cover all sports, man. They, they go fucking all in. So check them out. Uh, they're doing their thing over there. Uh, obviously, the hot tag podcast is not happening at the moment as it normally is, as I plug. But um, when are you guys doing your thing? 
Uh, we're gonna do it Sunday morning, uh, exact time. Right. I don't know, but um, if you don't listen to it live, you know, iTunes, you can subscribe there, Stitcher, you can pretty much find it anywhere. They don't even do Sunday morning cartoons anymore, do they? No, I don't believe Saturday so. morning cartoons. No, wasn't it, it was Saturday, Saturday yeah. morning cartoons? It was Saturday. Yeah. yeah, it was Saturday morning. That shit doesn't happen anymore, right? No, I don't think so. Dude, I used to be a big oh. mark for uh, like all that Hanna Barber stuff. That was my shit. Yeah. Man, that was that was a good good time. Hanna Barbera. Yeah. But you said Barbara. Like, like dude, this is just like Baba Booey. This is the same shit that happened. Because <laughs> he said <laughs> is, he was is a it fan. Barbera. I don't know. I thought it was Barbara. Yeah, it's Barbara. <laughs> that's a, he, <laughs> that's the whole shit. Baba Booey thing started because he he said, oh, the, the character's name is Baba Louie. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of Baba Booey. And he goes, who the fuck is Baba Booey? <laughs> it's Baba Louie, fucking idiot. So they all start calling him Baba Booey, and that's how it all started. Yeah, I legitimately thought it was Hannah Barbara. <laughs> yeah, Santa Barbara, Hannah Barbara. Same shit. Yeah, same shit. Hannah Barbara. Same shit. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I was a Looney Tomato guy, tomato. and uh, I'm a huge fucking Muppet fan, and you know all of that type of shit. No, that yeah. was like my big deal. Yeah. Nice. Well, hey man, I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Yeah, buddy. Anytime. Um, like I said, we'll do this again. Check out the Hot Tag Podcast on Sunday for some more Shaheen and Boxman over there. Accept no imitations. You know what I mean? For sure. You got it. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Yeah, man. So, Thanks uh, for having me again. Take care. Anytime. Yep. Peace out. Peace. Yep. So there you go. There's Shaheen, the Hot Tag Podcast. I was not on point enough to hit the outro as uh, he was signing off, So which I should have done. But, you know, what can you do? All right. So, look, I'm going to have the Jersey All Pro to check out uh, to talk about next week. And, uh all sorts of other shit. Oh, this Sunday I also have uh, John Caparulo. I'm going to see at the Count Basie Theater. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I'll have all that to talk about next week. So uh, check it out next week. Peace. I love all of y'all and uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking ass. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Juicer Chick Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.